in the film The Glimmer Man, which starred Steven Seagal and Keenan Ivory Wayans. I was working the first day of the movie, first day, and John Gray, the director, comes in to my trailer and says, so, how's everything going? I go, well, fine, John, fine. We're having a problem. I, I go, what's wrong? He says, well, Steven Seagal has had a spiritual sort of crisis and sort of a spiritual awakening. He decided that he doesn't want to kill people anymore in movies. I can't fight, man. What do you mean you can't fight? It's a fine time to tell me now. Warner Brothers is very upset. They say, Stephen, I understand what you're doing, but you dance with who brung you. You kill people really good. And in this movie, you have to kill people. And he doesn't want to do it. The problem is... In the scene, I was playing a serial killer, and the whole scene is about him killing me. So John says, Stephen, Stephen Seagal is going to try to convince you not to kill you in this scene. Don't get into a conversation with him. Whatever you do, don't talk to him. He has to kill you. I mean, it's the first day of shooting. This is very difficult for all films and actors. You know, you, they want to see good footage the first day. I said, well, I'll steer clear of Stephen. So we got called to the set, and that was the first time I met Stephen on the set. And he came up to me, and he had that cool persona that, so uh, what do you think about this scene? And I was saying, well, Stephen, it's pretty hard-hitting scene. In this scene, by the way, I play a serial killer, and I grab a priest, and I threaten to blow his head off, and then Stephen comes in and ends up murdering me. So I, I said, Stephen, it's a pretty intense scene. He says, I think it would probably be better if I don't kill you. I, I said, I, I hear you. And Stephen says, I think it's just bad that we keep putting this violence into the world. I mean, we're creating a sicker and sicker society by putting this, this kind of thing out into the world. I, I said, I understand that, Stephen, but this case may be an exception. I'm looking at my life as a serial killer, and I feel I'm trapped in this broken soul that I'm inhabiting. And it would really help me in terms of my reincarnational development if you could kill me, and then I would be able to leave this body and actually transcend into a better life, into a better body. You would actually be helping. So I would be giving you a helping hand? I said, oh, you'd be giving everybody a helping hand. You'd be removing evil from the world. You'd be giving me a new chance at life in a new body sometime in the near future. I never thought of it that way. Ah, uh, all right, I'll kill you in this scene. <laughs> this movie is funny every time I watch it. The chemistry between the two leads is great. I love the dialogue and their line delivery. They should have made another movie together. Some people like this movie, Murray. Some people like to molest children. Oh, 
Jesus. <laughs> Don't make it right. Jesus. <laughs> this is probably more like a, some people like pineapple on pizza. No, I think You're it's... You're going straight up more... fucking crimes. By the way, can people shut the fuck up about pineapple on pizza? It's fine. Who cares? I don't know. It's, it's people the, get outraged by it. It's the debate for boring people. Like, I see it all yeah. the time in, in my, like, live stream Twitch feeds and all that shit. Everybody's like, oh, what are you going to speak about pineapple? Is that a good icebreaker? I Is guess that how you so. can judge a person by I asking them that question? Well, now that it's in the air, Murray, how do you feel about it? Don't care either way. I wouldn't ask for it, but if it was on it, I wouldn't care. Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah. I've had it before. It's a good treat. No anchovies is all I ask. I can't do the anchovies. Big hairy, salty fish. Yeah. Who the, the fuck bu- came up with that idea? Italians, man. Fucking Italians. That's before Fuck, you'll get my opinion on Italians all next month, by the way. Yeah. Spoiler alert. You got a lot of Italian movies coming out. <sighs> we'll get into that at the end of the episode. Griff, I got some... It's been... past few weeks, it's been nothing but negativity from us. Yeah. I have some positivity. Not with my life. My life is still miserable. Okay. Okay. But there's the a show... Squirrel. There's a squirrel watching us. Do you see this squirrel? What is that? He loves our show. Is it? Are we sure it's not a I, Bezos camera? I think he's officially our mascot now. Oh, cool! Uh, Positivity, uh, Stevie the Squirrel. Stevie the Squirrel. Um, Griff, we kind of uh, we kind of f- fallen off a little on the podcast front. It's a little. I was really disappointed with the reaction to Raw Deal. Raw I, we kind of got deal. a Raw Deal on that episode. We got a little bit of Raw Deal because it's a great episode. It's fantastic. It's not horrible, but I want more. Go listen to that, and then come back to us. People are a little too busy going on to the YouTube right now. However, yes, thanks to me shaming you into putting more stuff up on YouTube, because it's been like you go, you'll go six months with nothing, then you put like ten things up, and then six months with nothing, <laughs> which is not a way to build a fucking show, by the way. <laughs> but Griff no. put up what is our, our piece de resistance of our show, our mechanic episodes. So we've talked about doing this bit more with remakes and everything. We still have yet to do it with another movie. Well, I, I think the next we'll do, we'll have Jack come back on and we'll do the Red Dawn remake. I think okay. that'll be the next. Whenever that could that be a happens. good one. Yeah. It could be good to do the other Bruce Willis uh, mo- uh, Bronson movie that was ruined. Other Bruce Willis Bronson? What, what? Bruce Willis did a Bronson movie, and he probably ruined it. I think okay. it came out recently. Oh, yeah. Wish, it was right? Death Wish. Yeah. yeah. So that that could be fun. But obviously, we can't do that back-to-back. No. So we'll have to figure out something around there. But uh, what the fuck's wrong with you people? Because yeah, it's weird because our SoundCloud listeners, well, our podcast listeners, I should say SoundCloud, our podcast listeners and our YouTube listeners are diametrically opposed mm-hmm. as far as what they like and they dislike. Except when it comes to the mechanic, when it first started, when it first started, Bronson was kicking ass. I was like, finally, somebody with taste yeah. that gets it. And then slowly but surely, Statham took off. Well, three to one. It's three to one now. Fifteen hundred. This is it's only been up for less than a week. Yeah, fifteen hundred for fucking Statham. That's not good. Five hundred, a little over, like five fifty now for Bronson. Right. I want negative numbers for Statham, yeah. and I want all that positivity going. But here's the positive, positive angle of it, Greg. Because this is all about positive. This episode is all about positivity. When the when the when the sensei comes on the show, he just fills us with joy. Well, he gives us all serenity. Those Chinese tinctures and everything. Yes, I'm, I'm chewing some... on a deer penis as we talk. I got an antelope penis. Oh wow, those are endangered. Yeah. 
So it, 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 don't worry, it's attached to a live antelope. So the antelope's not going to die. <laughs> but I was like, oh, my God. He's felt a sinking feeling. And I, was, I, I put up a poll. I let the people decide. We're, we're demo- Unlike America, we're a democracy here. A real democracy. And I said, oh, look, three to one. And are we going to have to do the mechanic resurrection? And I put up a poll. Oh. I put up, yes, Statham is the best. No, Bronson is the best. And I got to say, just as I was about to lose faith in my fellow man, Bronson is fucking blowing it out the water. We, well, we have dodged a bullet. There's still, well, by the time you guys hear it, it'll be over with, but there's still less, a little less than 24 hours okay. on the poll. Okay. But it's like 20 like- to 30. Three. There might be a dump. That's how. That's how they stole election from Trump. Is there oh, was a big dump? Is that votes. it? Yeah. So, well, it's rigged. Yeah, got to be careful. The eleventh hour. That's when the dumps come in. But not only that, I heard the other day from our friend across the pond, Stuart. Stuart, how you doing? He confirmed. We mentioned it on the last episode. He confirmed that yes. Queen Elizabeth II was, in fact, listening to our Superman 4 episode as she knew she, knew she was going to die. So yes. she's like, I want to go out like like blissfully. Yes. And she and that was the last thing she said was like, those guys are great. They're just great. The serenity, the peace that washes over your body when you listen to a Stuart episode of Golden Globus Theater because he just brings the class up so far. I was thinking Oz, but he does a good job, too. Yeah. So much of a good job that he was knighted for that episode. That's incredible. You have, you, in fact, we have to start calling him Sir Stewart. Sir Stewart. Of I course, can't... we could have been knighted, but we're not citizens of England. Sure. You have to be. They said they could fake up the paperwork. They were thinking, yeah, they were thinking yeah. about changing it just for us. But yeah. We said, no, no, tradition. We no, believe in tradition. Tradition. You guys still have a monarchy for tradition. We're not yeah. going to fucking ruin that. I mean, come on. Right. Just go ahead. Never take over Timberley Stadium again. No, don't ever. That that was the, the that's agreement. Our, Venue. Well, they can do it anytime they want, except for Thursdays. That Thursdays is our day. Yes. Well, not our day. It's England's day. To England, be honest with you. Yeah, really. I mean, God save the podcast is what they say. In fact, and like I, I just want to say, I'm we're flattered. We're not going to co-king your country. All right. I mean, <laughs> uh, leave it to Charles. Give him something to do. Do we have any more positivity, or do we need to get a couple? I'll words probably out? remember later, but right now I have no positive. Nothing. Good. So what you heard there when we opened up, Murray, let's talk about that because that was Grandmaster Sensei's not Punani song. I don't remember what song it was. It was like Love of My Life. Girl, It's All Right. Wasn't that Girl, what it's called? Girl, You Want. No, that's a Devo song. Um, I can't remember. Girls, yeah. Girls, Girls. If you want to see a great heart-wrenching music video. If you want to see great lighting on a guitar, hand-playing oh, guitar. God. Does it not look like he is faking every little bit of that? Well, that's his life, I think. Yeah. I think so. So I'll put that in the show notes because everyone should probably see that. Uh, and then we also open it up. So you heard a little bit of a, a story there behind the scenes. This was the character who plays Christopher Maynard. Horrible serial killer name, by the Cause way. Because he's got no middle name in there. Right. What middle name would you give him? Christopher Jackson Maynard. Yeah, Chris Jackson Maynard. That's good. That's yeah. good. Uh, Christopher Robert Maynard. Christopher Robbins. Christopher Maynard. Robbins. He could have been the Winnie the Pooh Big killer. Winnie the Pooh guy. Yeah. Well, then you know they're doing a Winnie the Pooh horror movie. Oh, that's right. I think I saw something yeah, about don't, that. Yeah, don't watch that. Is, uh, what's his, is Rob Zombie getting that one, too? No, I don't know who's involved with it. It's public domain now. We could do one if we wanted. 
I'm, I'm thinking about Winnie the Pooh porn. Oh, Jesus Christ. Tigger, <laughs> like, fuck it. Like, 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 Winnie the Pooh, you know, he always gets stuck in shit. Like, he's, because he's a gluttonous fucking tub yeah, of shit. Yeah, he's always getting stuck in trees. He gets stuck in a tree, and then Tigger just fucking rails him. <laughs> True visionary across from <laughs> yeah. me. Uh, it's Winnie the Poon. Oh, God it's a damn it. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this. Okay, so we heard an interview. This was Christopher Maynard. I forget the guy's name. It's like Jeffrey Tuberowski. It's Christopher Robbins Maynard. Yeah, no, I forget the actor's name. Who cares? So he's doing the behind the scenes. He's telling us, and it was very interesting to learn because this movie came out in 96. Okay, so this came out after Under Siege. Did this come out after Under Siege 2? I don't know where Under Was this the beginning of the end like for his fame? Dude, it's so hard to read his uh, filmography because there's so many fucking movies. And they all sound the same. They all have three word names. Yeah. The Glimmer Man. Yeah. Um, was this also the movie where he started working with Jim Henson Productions with like the marionette work with his, his action scenes? Uh, this... Or did he do that earlier? I mean, are you? I mean, saying- it's seamless. It almost looks like he's he's really moving his body, but it it is like marionette strings. It was it was probably when he had the Jim Henson crew working because those guys are fucking amazing. And yeah, his well, action, they make him look almost human. Yeah, his actions almost look human, more human mm. than a human, almost in some ways. Yeah. And that's what Getting he back would to tell Rob you. Zombie, yeah, yeah, I brought it back. Uh, but yeah, so we learned he didn't want to do violence anymore. Well, because he's a Buddhist. Yeah. Now his character is a Buddhist as well. His character is a Buddhist. He, he likes, comes and goes, by the way, is Buddhism. He likes to pretend he's very Asian in real life, too. And then well, he, he is. Th- he's part Japanese. What's and... interesting is that, oh, yeah, that's right. He did grow up in Japan. No, he didn't grow up. He moved there. He moved, oh, he moved he grew, He's a blues man from the streets of Detroit, dude. How can you forget that? Lansing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. you know... I haven't been Sabu to Lansing is from in a while. Lansing. I mean, Detroit in a while, so I just keep forgetting that fact. Yeah. How do you think he learned how to play the blues? I I saw those uh, fucking string plucking skills in the music video, and yeah. the only Detroit players play like that. Yeah, it's a certain skill set yeah. that only we have. Hand Eminem a guitar, that's what'll do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that actually worked on a level I didn't like, I didn't anticipate. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Murray, we're anticipating this is going to be a three-hour concert At least. Movie. My... I. <laughs> You know, look, we make no, we don't hide the behind the scenes shit. We 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 watch a movie, we take notes. This show is ninety percent improvised, by the way, but we still have to take notes, so we don't. We're not going back and forth. Like, oh wait, remember this, that. So we take notes, so we we can go chronologically know what's happening. Right. Normally, still get lost all often. Oh yes. <laughs> normal. Normally, it's two. Two and a half pages tops for us. And for a 90-minute movie, yeah. it is maybe two and a half. Like, it has to be a really fucking plot-heavy movie. This fucking movie, 90-minute movie, by the 90 way. 90 minutes. Four and a half pages of notes. This movie pages. is mind-blowing. Both Murray texted I was me. exhausted after watching yes. this 90-minute movie. And it's because Seagal punched it up to the fucking moon with yeah, well, stupid with Griff, jokes. if you're doing a movie about serial killers, you have to put some comedy in it. And this is like some fucking, I mean, it didn't go full on pineapple on the pizza molestation, you know, <laughs> level like Murray was well, talking about. Good as me. Uh, but my God, we have people being crucified, bloody murder. Eyes everywhere. gouged out. Yeah. Crown of thorns, everything. Uh, yeah. Well, he's a serial killer. He's got to have, everyone, how many serial killers really have a gimmick? Like, it seems like every movie you have to have a gimmick. Yeah. 
how many real life serial killers had a gimmick? They set up some tableau, some kind of diorama. It seemed of, like a 70s, 60s thing, you know? That was era, it? 50s. I, don't, I just 70s. think serial killers just kill people and then throw them in a, like a dumpster. Well, think about all the stories that are coming out on Netflix now because the fucking thirsty girls need their true crime and they want to see John Wayne. What Gacy. is your. Uh, that's a good point. What is your opinion on serial killers? What, <laughs> yay or nay? Are you interested in them or not? <laughs> Oh, your spit's flying all over. I'm sorry. I'm just fucking salivating here to talk about Seagal movie. I'm sorry. I'm getting my mic cover in the way here. Um, I don't know. I've watched like a couple of them. It's interesting to hear about like the life they led before they like started murdering people. Like I watched uh, the one about I I think it was Dahmer who uh, blew up the building in Oklahoma City? No. Jeffrey Dahmer. First of all, first of all Oklahoma City was not a serial killer. That was a terrorist attack. That was Timothy oh. McVeigh. Oh, okay, I watched that thing. So I got it all wrong. <laughs> so that'll Jeffrey tell you. Dahmer Does that tell you? There's actually, I guess, a new show on about his life. Like It's like, it's like, a, it's like a, a drama. It's not like a... Does that answer the question, though? Yeah, the fact that I, I here's the, here's the right the answer, all right? <laughs> serial killers are garbage. They should... Not be there should be not shows about them. Let when they get captured, let the shrinks pick their minds, and as soon as they're done with them, make them dig their own grave, shoot them in the back of the head, throw them in there, let the next serial killer bury them. Oh, okay. serial killers are fucking trash. There's nothing interesting. They're all this, all the same fucking story. Yeah, fuck these guys. I think it's interesting because it's like we, and I just can't stand these people who are like ghouls that like love this shit, like. You've led a sheltered life if you're super into serial killers. Yeah, yeah. You need some violence in your life. And now that we're in the era of like uh, mass shootings and everything, it's like you hear these people saying, I was inspired. I think that's what's killing off serial killers. You notice there's no serial killers anymore because they're mass shooters now. <laughs> right. No style at all. No style at all. You want the style? <laughs> yes. If you're going to kill somebody, at least do it like some passion. If you get some headlines about the pineapple pizza killer, just know that it's Tim Murray. No, because I don't have a problem with it. It would be one of these losers we're talking about. There's an issue with it. They show up at the door with pineapple pizza. It would be that guy on Twitter that tried to burn me. He would be the pineapple killer. You brought him up a couple weeks ago, too, I think. Yes, this guy. You know, I'm universally loved on Twitter as I should be. This is our ch- our hope to keep the episode short. Yeah. It's gone. No, it's it's going to be over three hours. Get the catheter out right now. <laughs> All right. Fucking take the Adderall so you because can focus. Because this <laughs> four and a half pages. You're you're taking this ride with us or not? You didn't show up for fucking Schwarzenegger, right? Which was a great episode. So, Kill- I Stuart said Tim. Great fucking Schwarzenegger impression. I said thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. I think I, 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 you know we like even we, even egomaniacs like us. We still like to get some you know, positive feedback. I'm not gonna talk. <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna talk about that asshole that I brought up. Go back to your yeah no. story. No, I, I had no story. It was just we're gonna have. A, oh yeah, I was saying that they're saying. All this, uh, how people like put on, like talk about the mass shooters and everything, and make a big story about it. Yeah. It's encouraging the other ones, and when the other ones do their shooting, they're always doing like their little live feeds afterwards. And they're like, "I'm inspired by X, Y, and Z," and it's like, "Is it feeding it?" Same with the Tide Pod thing. You heard about kids eating Tide Pods? I, all I'm hearing about is people putting Nyquil on their chicken. Yes, yeah. Nyquil chicken's the new thing. And what the what I was uh, listening to some people talk about is like. The news needs to stop running with these stories because if you check around every hospital, there is maybe a case of it. 
not an epidemic. Well, Griff, we have 15 hours of local news to fill every day now. And we have to put NyQuil chicken in there. We can't just show an old movie like we did when I was a kid. Why aren't we showing old movies? I don't know why. I guess because they they have to pay for it. I don't know. Kids need to get home and watch, like, fucking... uh, that was my childhood, the 4 o'clock movie. Four o'clock, I, I told you, the, the fucking Planet of the Apes week, Godzilla week, it was great. He was a happy kid until they took off the 4 o'clock movie. I was, because he got rid of it, yeah, in the like, mid-80s, something like and that. And then he started knocking on doors then with I poison s- pineapple pizza, the PPP killer. <laughs> Never found him caught me yet. <laughs> Is there a statute of limitations on serial killing? Uh, I mean, they'd have to prove it. Why, why hasn't anyone thought about... You know, I mean, people know the pun serial killer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone dress up like Count Chocula and kill people. <laughs> Something like that. Or just drown someone in milk. <laughs> Why don't people kill people more like a Batman villain would do it? <laughs> Fucking hell. This is going to an interesting place. Um, <laughs> that but- would make me interested in serial killers. Yeah, yeah. Like if they were doing <laughs> elaborate Joker, like, and I'm talking about Cesar Romero Joker, the cool Joker. Good Joker, yeah. Not the fucking incel Joker that we keep getting over and over again now. Man, incel Joker sucks. I mean, fucking Cesar Romero Joker was so cool. I didn't know until I was like 20 that he had a mustache. <laughs> I was like, "What?" It was like he was like, he he became the Joker so much. I didn't even see Caesar Romero. Um, just so you know, you cannot drown a person in milk because that is a sexual fetish, and so it is just yeah. always assume that the person, you know, did that to himself. Oh, is that? Oh, that's how you get away with it. That's how you get away with it. So you yeah, can be open the, and shut case, drowning by the milk kink killer. That could be you, lactocilia. <laughs> Remember, we got to stop this. We got to get into, we gotta get into this, this movie. Because it's a great movie. Well, it's not a great movie, but it's going to be a great episode on a movie. I got, if we can remember a quarter of the jokes that are in this movie, uh, it would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he could deliver a quarter half the jokes to make them sound funny. I mean, that guy's review I read. He's mumbled half of right. them. Oh, my God. Sagan is mumbling. His soft whisper voice. Can't stand it. He would have been great in Rollerball. Sagal. As who? As Jonathan E., because he whispers. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. He's got the body and the physique to be menacing on the court, too. Yeah. Like James Conn. Yeah. I could see him being agile and everything. But... Yeah, he's a, kind of a little guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, his little perm. Little oh, my God. Sensei with a perm? Oh, my God. There's no way. There's the laws. There's the Seagal laws for a Seagal movie. And he ha- if he it's has. It's got to be straight silky samurai here. Straight silky, ponytail, tight Nang Chen in the back. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, he's got to have a kid. He's got to do a prayer with him. No, show his spiritual side. Probably married a couple times. No. It still seems like a good relationship with the ex, but it actually isn't. <laughs> yeah. That's what was shoot into this movie. Yeah. Fuck, we got to stop doing this. <laughs> Let's just do this in the movie. Yes. Is there any background we need to know about this movie? I I, could, I I did my crack research of glancing at IMDb and nothing interesting came up. Well, I think you get it pretty much all from the little interview. That's a good little snippet into the movie. Yeah, this was when uh, Seagal, Sensei Seagal had a spiritual awakening and he wanted to put more Buddhism and peacefulness into it. it goes along, didn't the, the one movie we did, the environmental one, come out at the same time? Yeah, on Deadly Ground was like a year or two before. That was this. very spiritual too. Exactly. So it's a trend. It's definitely happening. And also something that you're always like nobody does this anymore. And I actually watched a movie yesterday with some boobies and full frontal in it and yeah. butts in it. Uh, it from like 2014. Wow, what was that? Ex Machina. 
Oh, well, that's robot sex, though. But they were, I mean, they were humans. That's a good movie. It is a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's our future, people, fucking robots. We're just going to be fucking robots and thinking, am I really a good person fucking a robot? No. That, that's the whole... That's, that's why I would... Here's another tangent. Why I would never... I'm never... I'm not into, like, the sex toy, like, the fleshlight shit. Yeah, be- yeah, yeah. Here's why. Because if it feels as good as a woman... Then what's the point? You don't, you don't need women anymore. But what happens is then you go into this weird world where it's like where you just basically lose your mind. You don't want to go into that world. Then you're like getting a two thousand dollars sex doll, and you don't want to go there. Right. So just use your hand, guys. Use your hand. I like your reasoning for just using your hand. It was yeah. Good. Well, it's cheaper. It is cheaper. That's and true. like I said, you don't. You're not going to go into this weird. It's just, it's like like the hente world or whatever. You're not going to go there. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't go there. Use your hand. Don't go full hentai. A Don't lesson know. from the pineapple pizza killer. Shh. <laughs> All right, let's get into this fucking movie because it's going to be five hours. And we don't even have a guest. We're going to break a, a fucking record. I mean, we've got, we've had over three-hour episodes with guests. Yeah. Go we, we let one other person talk. But yeah. Go no. ahead and just spot where we take breaks in the movies. I'm going to yes. try to edit it. So you, you can edit, it, edit and just like piss going into the toilet so they know we're taking a pee break. And you know what I'll do is when we're taking a break, I'll write it down, and I'll just put in a slap fight of Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a perfect segue. Yeah. That would be a perfect segue. All right, people. Uh Put in the cath. Get your catheter. Barney's uh, going to get his catheter. Bring it here, buddy. <laughs> get your catheters ready because this is going to be a long one. It's Sensei Steven Seagal in The Glimmer Man. <laughs> to those he pursued, he was known only as The Glimmer Man. They'd see nothing but shadows. Then a glimmer. Then... He's always followed his own path and worked alone until now. Uh, Mr. Lovebeads, you're going to have to seek high enlightenment somewhere else. They don't see eye to eye. This guy's weird. Put up to guns. I can't fight. This is not the time I want to hear that. I got soul! For a minute there, I forgot you told me you can't fight. It's against my religion. I'm a Buddhist. And I'm super bad. And they use different methods. Once in a while you should cry because, like, it cleanses the soul. If I need a cleansing, I have a brand muffin. But on this case... I pray that we hurry up and find this killer so I don't have to be with your crazy ass much longer. Opposites do attract. He's a little country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. Just get you some red boots and a cape, and you can fly around the city and stop all the crime. Take your little sensitive ponytail and your little sissy beads and get out of here. Warner Brothers presents Steven Seagal. I have something that will completely clear up that bruise on your forehead. What bruise? That bruise. Keenan Ivory Wayans. Do you know I'm black? You learn well, grasshopper. The Glimmer Man. Everybody, welcome back. Greatest fucking trailer of all time and space. The Glimmer Man. Uh, Mid-90s, Steven Seagal, probably the best. Because now he's the action man, but he's also the funny man. And also the spiritual man. And also spirit. 
Every single base is covered. You know the right. triangle of success where you have like money, cost, optimization, or whatever, and you only get two of them? No. With Steven Skull, you get the whole fucking triangle. But And what better movie to start your comedic career on than a movie about serial killers? With... The funniest of all the Wayans. I mean, come on. In Living Color, he was a fucking god on I'm going to get you sucker as a funny movie. It's is got, it really? It's got Steve James in it. Steve James is in it. That's yeah, right. And uh, it's got all the classics. It's got uh, Jim Brown. It's yeah. got our man uh, Ike Turner. Not Ike Turner. Uh, I'm thinking Truck Turner, who is played by... Oh, yeah. Um... Chef, what's his fucking name? God damn it. Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes. Sorry, Isaac Hayes. God bless you. God bless you. And, well, he did get pretty crazy at the end. Yes. Bernie Casey's in it, too. It's a, it's a, it's a funny it's a funny parody. It's a Naked Gun version of Black Flotation. Really? Yeah. You've never seen it? No, I've never seen it. Steve James is, plays uh, Kung Fu Joe, I think is his name, who I think originally was going to be Jim Brown, and yeah. then Jim Brown said, I don't want to do it, so they put Steve James in the role. You know, I want to put a shout-out out there, because we've been doing this lately. Uh, somebody, after I posted the Black Caesar episode, they were like, this man's fucking awesome. Because I had a picture of, uh, of course, Fred Williamson up there. Yeah. And I was like, you're goddamn right he is. Oh, I thought he was talking about us. Oh, no. Well, me, at least. Yeah, just you. No, of course. I'm just happy to get a positive comment. You don't... get that eye candy up there on the screen? Fred Williamson in a fucking suit? Pinstripe suit? Yeah, you didn't even have the mustache in that movie. I Did he ask for the recipe for a Black Caesar? Oh, salad? man. I think it's coming. I think they're working on that. You know what's coming? This this the oh, glamour yeah. man. We got credits rolling already, so you yeah. know it's over. This is they're trying so hard to be like David Fincher Seven. This is this is like this is Seagal trying to do Seven. Oh, was that out this year? I think it came out before that, a little before that. Didn't was that it? really a big uh, cultural impact? Movie? Yeah, it was. Not for me, but it was. I think. Yeah, because I mean, Fincher know- definitely has a style that people copied. Okay. Because I know yeah. people still talk about it. What's in the box? You know, yeah. it it hit. You know, it's me. Well, I like a lot of things. It was big for a couple years. And then, you know. It it's just, still very. Much like grunge. Grunge was big for two years. And people act like it like changed music. Okay. You know? I but, just yeah, mean it. It it's, still, it's still something that's on the tip of people's yeah. tongues. Yeah. Even it. So it, it did a good job. It did its job. Yeah. It's still talked about. Well, it was it was fresh in the mind when, when Glimmer Man came out. That's I'm assuming. I, I don't remember what year. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it came out before. That's what's more interesting is like yeah. how it did in the times as opposed to. And because of the success of Silence of the Lambs, all 90s movies were serial killer movies. Yeah. Every thriller was. Yeah. So it's not just fucking Thirsty Girls that love serial killers. I mean, Well, for a while, but America. Thirsty Girls stayed loyal to it. Thank God for middle-aged white suburban women. They keep the serial killer business going. I mean, I don't know what it is about the suburban life. They, do, they, they live a boring life. They need excitement. Do they want to be serial killed? I think some of them do. Yeah. I know one of them that does. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope. But it's some... a fantasy, obviously. They don't really want it. Right. I mean, I know women who want to be eaten. Like like cannibalized, fantasy wise. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Credits are rolling, Murray. Yeah, and we're getting scenes, gruesome death scenes of the family man. I was gonna say family guy, the family man killer, and he crucifies people to purify their souls and send them to heaven. Right. So he he sets up like a diorama. He like he shoots them, which is very weird. I always think of Sergio stabbing people. I was just going to say it's very strange because he's like taking it biblical. You know, he's yeah. fucking mounting people by their hands. I think he would stone them or sword something. of crowns. He's doing all this fucking stone age shit, but he's using a pistol, 
with a silencer and a fucking laser sight on it. Well, you got to use a laser sight. You might miss. So 1996 was the, the fucking need to have a laser scope on your gun was so strong that even the biblical killers had them. Yeah, and so he gouges their eyes out, and then he pins, he crucifies them against the wall. Not even on a crucifix, just yeah. in the, at the wall. Right, which is interesting. And he kills families. That's why he's the family man killer. So clearly this guy's a carpenter, though, because he knows oh, how to find a stud. Those well, people wouldn't hang well, on drywall. You know who else was a carpenter? Jesus. Ew. It all makes sense. Okay, so we Well, know. he just had a stud finder. What? Come on. I've, I've watched normies try to use a stud finder, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's funny. I, it is. So yeah. you, you've seen it, too. Yeah. Um, so we know that our family man killer, not family guy killer, is probably a carpenter. He's done. Some he work. knows his way around a stud finder. That's right. All right. So, so we- at, the, at the end of the intro, by the way, the person who did the full moon production music for this scene, he got the job because he taught Seagal how to play guitar. According to IMDb, I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but yeah. So what are you talking about? He learned when he was six on the porches of. Well, yeah, but this is like his old uh, jazz, uh, jazz blues sensei. Oh, oh, maybe what you mean is he taught this guy blues, and he gave him a job after he taught him the blues because he saw promise in him. Could be. Could be. The last kill we see is the first kill of this movie. It's a woman and her husband in like a hotel, or they at their home, or where the fuck? I couldn't tell where they were at. It's the credits, man. Uh, oh, you know, yeah, forward. I didn't know we were supposed to pay attention to this. I thought it was just a generic like setting this mood. Yeah, but no, this this woman gets killed. Who plays a not a very important role, but she does play a role later on. She's killed. We yeah. see the laser scope hit her forehead. Cut away. Police headquarters. I I wasn't paying attention, but I didn't I did not notice a hooker being brought in. Was there a hooker being brought there in? There was a hooker being brought in. There was every. There's a girl. Single- oh my god, we're gonna do a Kojak episode. There's transvestite cops all throughout the background. <laughs> 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 they're like constantly shaping their faces, electric razors. <laughs> Look for that next week. Um, but yeah, um, you saw them. Okay, I was worried. No, no, I know. As soon as I see a police headquarters, I'm like, Murray's going to be fucking looking for his ladies. <laughs> I wasn't, though. I didn't see it. But thank uh, you for... But this is where we get introduced. Everybody, welcome to the very first joke of this movie. I didn't pick up on this joke. Now you wrote it down. Murray, it makes there's sense. So, you were shitting on me. You're like, how did you miss this? How did you miss this? All well, throughout this, you're going to see that... I was you, worried about the plot. You miss some stuff, and uh, I miss some stuff. Well, yeah, because since they punched the script up so much, you're bombarding us with hilarity. Now, I do have a He, he didn't learn the, the, the rule of comedy. you got to give laugh breaks. Yes. He just hits us. He's like almost like we do. We're just bombarding you with jokes. Yeah. That when people bring shit up, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. And they're like, damn, you just recorded this three days ago. I'm like... I don't know. I'm into like we go into this fugue state where we're just like <laughs> spitting out shit and then we come out of it. Steven Seagal is like punk rock meets progressive. So there are 45 minute long songs, just constant fucking riffs, though, the right. whole time. There's no fucking easy zone. Well, I'm going to give you this joke. Lay it on us. Oh, I get to tell this joke. Yeah. We hear a knock at the door. Hello. Uh, Wait, wait. What rank was he? <laughs> Detective. Let's just say detective. Good. Detective Jenkins. Oh my god! <laughs> fucked it up. I'm I'm delivering worse than Sagasima. Detective Chicken Noodle Campbell. Get it? Because Campbell soup. I didn't get that. I didn't pick up. That's how that's how subtle <laughs> some of these jokes are. 
that I'm like, oh, we had Campbell's soup. I get it. Now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was walking through the office and somebody said that to him. Yeah, you know, it's cops just razzing each other. Like they do. They'll snap at each other with a ta- like a rat tail uh, towel and shit. Yeah, yeah. They were doing the Stavros thing, too. They yeah. were doing the Telly Stavros thing where somebody was not going to start from club. Pick it up. It was good. It was good huh. banter. And yeah. then uh, Jim Campbell, that's Chicken Noodle. Makes, Played by Keenan Ivan Wayans. Yes. Uh, makes it to his office and... There's a man with love beads in there. There's a man, Griffin, through his his uh, belongings. Called Griffin, I think is what you meant. And he's like, uh, excuse me. He did a Steve Martin joke. Yeah. And we see that it's the sensei, Jack Cole. Not Jack Hole. That's uh, the guy on uh, Noel's Bard, yes. Hulk Hogan movie. Jack Cole. <laughs> we'll call him Cole. And he's standing up, and he, this is the first time he actually shows respect to another human being in this movie. Yeah. Even his wife, he's kind of, like, shitty to. Yeah. Barely acknowledged her existence. Uh, but, yeah, he's like, hey, I'm here from New York to help you work this case. Oh, what did you say your name was? Jack Cole? Didn't you work the DeMarco case? Yeah, I did. It was a big thing. It was just a big deal. It was a real big deal. Did he solve it? I don't even remember. Yeah, he murdered the guy. Okay. Yeah, and oh, he pointed uh, it out. He was like, didn't you shoot him on a rooftop? Yeah, I shot him on a rooftop. And then he's like, but here's the thing. I don't care. All I'm here is to solve the case. I don't care about credit. The most non-Segal thing in the world. I don't care about getting any credit for this. I just want to solve this case and put this family man away. So let's get started right now. As you can see, I'm a spiritual man. And I have love beads. I have love beads. You're saying that this is some kind of connection to Catholicism or something. What's the what's the string? What's the red string holding all these cases yes, together? That's it. The family man kills Catholics. Makes sense. He's a he's a he crucifies people. You think you're going to get a big explanation on this, but no. There's a fresh kill right now. We got to go. Yeah, to. we got to go. We got to keep this thing moving. Ninety minutes. So they walk out, and well, they walk on the crime scene. Yep. Which is the scene we saw that we didn't know was pertinent to yes. this movie. Did not. The know woman got shot. And he, he does. It's the usual thing. But is it the usual thing? Because Sensei is sensing something off. I like how you did that. We also need to point out that at the murder scenes, they always do some fucking four year old hand doodle, hand, you know, like uh, uh, paint. Finger paint, paint. Finger paintings. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it shows like how insane the guy is. Houses and like a mommy and poppy stick figure uh, and everything. It's disturbing. It's sickening. It's absolutely disturbing. Yeah. And a pineapple pizza being opened up. Yeah, and it's just like turned upside down on the floor. Interesting. What is he trying to tell us? I don't, he doesn't like pineapple pizza. <laughs> That's what probably drove him into a killing frenzy. That might have done he it. He walked in and just saw these people eat. And they, hey, is that our pineapple pizza out there? I'm the killer, and he just shoots him. This is probably the greatest 80s movie that's never been made that we're just <laughs> going over right now. People start writing the pineapple killer movie. Pineapple pizza killer movie. I'm yes. sorry. And then Sensei just says what we're all thinking. Ain't the same, Jack. Jim. 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 <laughs> he's, 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 talking, he's, Jack. He's, he's talking in the third person. <laughs> and so he knows something's off because he's an expert on everything, yeah. as all Seagal characters are. And you're thinking that we're going to go down the serious line. But no, this is an action comedy. Right. So the two just cut. Okay, there's probably 45 <laughs> minutes of movie that's left on the floor. Thank you. Thank you, indeed. This would be 10, 10 pages of notes. Yeah. So we just cut to them in the car. By the way, 
this is much, very much seven reminiscent, raining nonstop only when they're in a car. Only when they're inside of a car, we see rain. Or when a murder's happening. This is L.A. It never fucking rains in L.A. They actually explain that. They say this is the wettest... Uh, October. Zar- I mean, Zargfuzz are all crawling all over L.A. at My this God. time. They snuck Thank God out. Mitch Buchanan is on the case. Thank you. He worked with China to get the weather controlling system installed so there's no more rain. So they're driving in a rainstorm. And they immediately go from... No, it wasn't raining at this point. When they're in the car. It was raining. Oh, okay. Um, and it goes from very serious tone to very silly because Seagal needs to know, Hey, were you married? Is this, is this his new partner? He needs to get to know him, feel him out. And Jim is stuttery. He's like, I don't want to talk about that. I, it's not the time. Well, to no, because he does. He's just like, because remember, Griff, you're always suspicious of a new person you meet, and especially when they're asking personal questions, they want to get to know you. Okay, you put up a wall put and you say wall. no, no boundaries, right. So Jim is like, look, man, I just want to solve this case. I don't give a fuck about your life. And it's like, okay, well, I'll mind my own business. So you got a wife? <laughs> See? He, he's and, ignoring his boundaries that he just set up. And Jim forgets about it and starts in on it before the walkie-talkie breaks over. You know, the old police radio. And it's like, hey, we got a suicidal kid. And... Sensei can see that Jim's ignoring it completely. Well, Jim's like, that's not my detail. I'm homicide, not suicide. Yeah. He says that. Another great joke. And he's like, uh, no, this kid is live streaming a, a fucking uh, school shooting on Twitch right now. We need to go there. So, even, even yeah, because knows. Sensei, even though this is you sh- you're not supposed to do this as a cop, you do stick to your fucking department. He's just like, I solve all crimes. Yes. And so we're going to go check this out. So it's at a Catholic school. And we got the nuns. It's a very spiritual movie, man. And we cover them all. We got Buddhism. We got. I, I think they went to a synagogue at one time. Yep. And so they, he's like, get everyone out. I'm going to speak with this kid. This kid's crazy. He's got a whole fucking room hostage. Here we go, Murray. I'll, I'll walk you in here. People are rushing out of the school. Police everywhere. SWAT team everywhere. It looks a lot like that awful footage from Uvalde. Very depressing situation we got here. But don't worry. Because in the movies, we have Jack Cole. And so he walks in, get me two cell phones. I'm going to need them. And then he walks over. He's hiding behind the door. We look inside of the room now. I thought he was talking on the PA system. He was, okay. Murray. He was. Yeah, See, right. another thing. One of us caught and one of us didn't catch. So Why I caught it? What are you talking about? What do you mean? You said I didn't get it. I said he was on the PA system. And you, you were said, right, yeah. but he talked to it through a cell phone. Oh. It was. Why? I Because he had to be at the door and in the principal's <laughs> office at the same time. So he's doing reasons. some kind of ventriloquism. <laughs> right. So we go in the room. We see Johnny with the gun. It's always the kid named Johnny. Yeah, they're troubled. Yeah. There's yeah. the St. Vincent song in Twin Peaks, The Return, the kid's Johnny. Johnny the kid from Mad Max, that crazy little fuck. Exactly. Everybody. Yeah. So, like you said, Sensei is on a cell phone, but he's right outside of the classroom, and he's saying, Hey, kid. And the kid, everybody knows what it sounds like when a voice comes through over the PA system, but Johnny is apparently high as shit or something. You know, he's just in a panic because he knows some shit. He's like, he's even saying, like, what did he say? I can't go back or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he kept saying he couldn't go back. His uh, girlfriends, because they're like, 
he probably got dumped by his girlfriend, and he's flipping out like every incel nerd would. And his girlfriend's in the room. He's like, Johnny, please calm down. And we realize it's not about her. You ready for this great sensei joke that got plugged in here? Lay it on me. Uh, Jim, Jim saying, why do you think all the fucking SWAT are here? Because they look good in black. All right, we, we gave you a, a laugh break, people. Yeah, that was Let's a get laugh get back break. to this. That wasn't an us break. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we because we know how to tell comedy. I'm like, <laughs> so he uh, calls up the PA. He okay. He has Jim over at the PA system in the principal's office, and he's using his cell phone to relay the signal. In this movie, recording off a phone very easy. No static, no nothing. It sounds like they're talking directly in your brain. So uh, Sensei is talking over the PA system. Johnny hears it. Is like, what is this fucking magic? Who is talking to me right now? Go over to the window. Look down at the alley. Yeah, that's not a Zartha. That's me. And I have no gun. So he starts walking over there. Sensei kicks open the fucking door, holding a gun on Johnny. And Johnny turns his holding out a gun. What is yeah, this? Yeah, this is great hostage negotiations here. <laughs> and then, but then he says, look, look, I'll put my gun down. Don't worry. And he does put his gun down, and then he just fucking football tackles Johnny out a window. They they, they go through like a like they go over the fucking alley. <laughs> yes, they go into the, the like there's like a wing. Yeah, of the of the school. The building, they, they, yeah. and there's like a little like I don't know what you call that like not an atrium. I don't, there's like a space between the buildings. I mean, it was an alley. <laughs> it was just no. Like it was small... bigger than an alley. You think it was bigger? Yeah, it was still like eight feet wide. It was way more than eight feet. Think, it was like okay. 20 feet wide. But he still somehow tackles him out the window, <laughs> through the window of the building that's 20 feet on the other side. And for some reason, I think his cell phone was still on or something. Or Millie comes to the window and goes, Johnny, I love you. And Johnny is just like knocked out. And he goes, I love you. Yeah, kid, you don't love me. Something stupid like that. So they're cleaning everything up. Everyone's got a on the back of an ambulance with a blanket wrapped around them. And then this guy, we, this snooty-looking business fuck rolls in. Oh, I got to bring up something because it comes up. It actually plays heavy into the plot. When uh, Seagal was getting a sense of the scene and everything, they say, yeah, this kid's been talking to a therapist. Must have been the wrong therapist. Great joke. It's All right, oh, I was I was giving people more of a laugh break. God, this movie's this this episode's gonna be five hours because all the laugh breaks we're gonna have to put in <laughs> it for sense. So, uh, yes, yeah, so we meet Frank Devereaux, the father of Johnny Devereaux, and he's like, "Oh, officer, I just want to thank you for saving my son's life." Yeah, but the sensei he knows something's up with this guy, and so he's a little sassy to him. What's he say, Griff? Well, of course, Frank Deverell is just fucking thrilled that his son is still alive, so he's thanking him. He's just like, you know, next time there's an issue, can I call? Can you call me directly? And you see the fucking. I mean, at this point, Stephen Seagal's face is like forty-five pounds, and so his eyes are just, just small slits in his face at this point. And you just see him, and you can tell that he's. Do trying- you see a glimmer in his eyes? Uh no, there's no glimmer. There's By no the way, glimmer. the expl- explanation for the glimmer man's the biggest letdown of this whole fucking movie. Yeah, it's the most throwaway. Like they yeah. they named a movie after because of that. Anyway, go back. They to tried. Each. You think Steven Seagal came up with that one? 
No, I don't know. It, it's an awful name for a movie to begin with. It's a terrible name. Uh, but yeah, so Frank's just like, yeah, you, you just give me a call. And Sensei just kind of stares him and smugly looks at him and goes, yeah, you'll be the first number I dial. Back at the HQ, Cole, they're doing their paperwork. And then uh, the a goon of Deverell shows up, Donald. And he's like, look, can we... Like cover this up, you know. I my 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 boss is a very important man. We don't we don't want them to know that his son is like fucked up. We don't want him to go to jail, obviously. Right? Can we just say he's insane or something and get off? Yeah, I think I could do that. No, get your ugly white ass out of my sight. <laughs> ugly white ass, because we know Sensei Segal is a is half black he's technically black because he grew up in detroit on the blue so he can say that right and of course he's half asian because he went over to japan for so many years but also he's not willing to say that johnny's insane not at all he tells the truth yeah he got into johnny's heart and he knows this kid is good he's troubled he just needs help not the kind of help a therapist can get sensei might have been into some scientology here because they also hate any kind of psychologist or therapist or anything well, I don't know. That's for another day. That is for another day. So we're going to go down to the Emmys, examining the bodies from the family man killings we saw earlier. And uh, Jim's, like, asking, you know, like, like what's going on? Sensei, shh, shh, shh. I can tell by the hair, the hair color, the cheekbones, the bone structure, this woman's Russian. Probably from Georgia. And just to give you the full picture of this they're there with the doctor doing the autopsy and everything and he looks over at jim and jim looks over at him and they're both just like oh what how does this man know all this stuff so it is it is in the contract of steven seagal that everybody has to be amazed by every piece of information that never been a maybe our last president there's never been anyone more insecure yes than sensei seagal it's very true and first of all Georgians are different from Russians. They're not just because Georgia was part of the Soviet Union. Does it make that'd be like saying French people and Polish people are the fucking same? I mean, isn't that excuse Putin's putting up for why he's going to try to annex parts of Ukraine? Well, these people are more Russian than anything. Well, there there is a section of Ukraine that's Russian, but it's that it's in the minority. But he yeah. also does notice, Murray, I just want to point it out, yeah. that not only is she an Aquarius... Well, that's the joke that Jim says. Oh, Jim goes, it? oh, is she an Aquarius, too? Yes, she is. And she's also a broken vessel. And then, like like we expect Sensei, what else does he notice? Tits. Well, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. Because this is where he gave Jim the slightest bit of respect when they first met. And now we say... Hey, what else do you notice about this woman? After I noticed her cheekbones and identified her as Russian and all that, he's like, what else do you notice? Oh, uh, she's got good tits. They weren't good, by the way. They were pretty... It was a bad boob job. Bad but boob then job. she was laying down, so uh, you know, I'll cut her some slack. Cut her some slack, okay. But uh, he's like, yeah, they're too good. And he's like, oh, <laughs> by the way, she has breast cancer. I can tell by looking at those tits. Everything about this scene is. They so did amazing. mention that she had cancer too. She's riddled with cancer. Yes, in her body. And he could tell. Her sensei knows that because he can see the lump. He reads chakras, Murray. He reads 
breast lumps. And we breast. know that Sensei Seagal is a master of breast exams in they, real life and in the movies. We've heard this on multiple sets where he's constantly examining women's breasts without their uh, consent, and it's only to make sure they don't have cancer. So he's like, hand me that scalpel. And then he just starts cutting, sawing into her breasts, pulls out a perfectly, no blood or anything on a nothing, breast implant. Nothing. And then he says, yeah, we got some numbers on here. Look into that. We, we never go back to this. I don't know why. Besides the fact that he wanted to fondle a breast, there's no reason for this scene because we never go back to those serial numbers or anything. <laughs> so we're cutting over, and we got the guy who was trying to get Johnny, uh, you know, trying to convince Sensei that Johnny was just insane. Yeah. Uh, his name's Don. Don Cunningham. Donald. Donald Cunningham. Yeah, he's I never, call him Don. Well, he, he's not your friend. Yeah, he's my friend now. Uh, and he, of course, has to go to his boss. Frank Deverell, of course. And they're talking menacingly. The light is menacing. Everything about this is like, these are two fucking creeps. And Frank is pissed off because he got sassed. But he's not used to getting sassed by anyone, let alone the sensei. So he's like, sick the Russians on him. Yeah, of course. When you got a problem, sick the Russians on him. Not the Russian trolls so on So we Twitter. need some more levity, okay? Because this is the buddy cop movie, or comedy. So we got to go to the old Chinese. The first thing Jack Cole does when he hits a new town, where is the nearest Chinese grocer? This is fascinating, by the way. You think of this movie, they were like, oh, my God, we're at two hours. We need to cut some scenes. This, this, is, this, is, so, this is way too funny. Scene stuck around. I wish we did a full reenactment <laughs> yeah. for this. Don't. Take a drink anytime someone says deer penis. That's all I'm telling you. You're going <laughs> to die of alcohol poisoning. So as far as we know, Cole has never been to L.A. But he is a citizen of the world. He blends right into any Chinatown he's in. Right. He even says Sifu, yes, which means the, master. The patro- or, uh, the operator immediately like sees them walking in, is greeting his new guest. Uh, <laughs> Sensei takes his prayer beads, does a little bow. Sifu, how you? No, he speaks perfect Chinese. Well, even though we know Sensei only speaks Japanese, but he's, yeah. I guess he speaks Chinese. I guess they're all the same. All Asian to languages him, are yeah. the same. And the guy's like delighted. Oh my god! This you know this guy knows my language. Uh, we got Jim just looking like fascinated. He's walking through the. No, store. he's got to be the obnoxious American. Character. Oh yeah, no, he's yeah. but he's still he's like looking over shoulders. Like this guy fucking talks Chinese too. He notices Russian people speaks Chinese. He can tell. Uh, yeah, he can tell your nationality by your bone structure. Exactly. You know? And so and your he, breast structure. He's going through the store. He's picking up a jar. It's full of cockroaches. Oh, if uh, we were at my house, I could sell for a fortune. Yeah. House has and then the the owner's wife. She assumes because uh, Sensei can speak Chinese, he can. And then we get to the old joke. I'm bl- You know, I'm black. Because of course, black people can't speak Chinese. It's ridiculous. Right. And so the woman apologizes. Oh, so sorry. Uh, have some tea. And Sensei maybe sensed it in the air or something, but he just looks across the room and goes, oh, that's uh, that's deer antler tea. You're going to want to drink that. Yeah. And he, yeah, I think he makes crack some joke about how gross it is or something like that. Yeah. Well, he says it's good for your manhood. And then he sticks his fist up in the air. And they cut back to him still holding his fist up. It's, well, it's good for his manhood. And they just happen to have a TV playing some Turner classic mu- movies. And we learned that Jim's a film buff. 
Yeah. Especially classic Hollywood. Classic. And he's like, oh, I love this movie. It makes me cry. Every- I mean, I, I, I hear it makes people cry. I don't cry. I'm a man. And then suddenly in this shot, Seagal just kind of slowly pops up over his shoulder over. like a parrot. And he's like, it's okay to cry. It's just a spiritual release of your body. Cleanses the spirit. It cleanses it. And then the... the uh, the I think is the I think Sifu's been in not Sifu Sensei has been in so long a smell starts arising so the woman has to put burn some incense to get this yeah yeah smell out and that wouldn't you know it Jim's got an incense allergy it doesn't I mean a lot of people do I I know I got one yeah whenever it, it I remember I, there was some incense at a like a fucking party store some like rundown party store the scent was pussy it said pussy right on it. And so I have an allergy. Well, I have an allergy for the pussy incense. So <laughs> like I know Peltro collection. So he starts sneezing, and then Cole's like, "Oh, I got the perfect thing for that." And he gives it. And he's like, "Hey, I'm already my, my sinus is already clearing up. What is this? Put it under your tongue and just hold it there." And he's like, "What is this? It's deer penis." Tee. Yeah, we're gonna hear deer penis throughout. That's the running joke of this movie. Ours is pineapple. <laughs> killer. There's is dear penis. At I least need- our killer's lot fun. I mean, Family Guy's killer sucks. Yeah, I think so. There's all those cutaways. And this reminds me of so-and-so doing something. So. They get a call in when they're back in the car. He's like, "How did? You, why did you make me put that penis in my mouth? Uh, it looks like you liked it because you have a whole box in the back. But they get they get a call in about you know they got some info somebody's got some info on the family man killer and they got to meet at the docks. This sounds like a setup to me. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but if you have ever watched Steven Seagal's Law Man, I know you watched one episode. Yeah, we we have an uh, unreleased episode of the of that, yeah. and it'll never be released. It was awful. Maybe Matt Sosi's gonna ask for that too. <laughs> he can have it and bury <laughs> it when you're done. Well, I'm not going to edit it either. You're going to get a lot of, wow, this really sucks. Should we do this? Um, but, yeah, and so we're getting the car ride over to the docks. We do have to get into this because it's more character building. You said they don't have any time to get They have along. no chemistry at all. I don't know what that guy you, were, you quoted at the beginning of the episode. They have no chemistry. They have no chemistry. But, of course, Jim has noticed that Sensei is always wearing the beats. This is what I use to cleanse my body, my soul. This is what I use to keep my mind straight. Oh, yeah? I use Jack Daniels. Didn't he earlier say he uses a bran muffin? Uh, that was when they said this will help your clear your body, cleanse oh, your yeah. body. He said, yeah. I use a bran muffin for that. <laughs> so he uses a bran muffin to cleanse his body. To cleanse his spirit, he uses Jack, Jack Daniels. Daniels. Yeah. And so Sensei is like, well, we each have our own. He doesn't even shame him for drinking. No, because he's a spiritual man. But then Jim tried to stab back at him. I don't wear my bottle around my neck, though. And he says, you would if you want to get fired for it. So is, that, is that a joke? I don't know, but they're <laughs> bonding. That's what matters. So as they reach the docks, they notice somebody. We learned earlier from the suicide scene that when there's a crime going on, a lawman's got to stop it. So they see somebody uh, trying to steal a car. I like that you used lawman because that was a point I was getting to. Uh, in that show, he would just be driving by at 80 miles an hour and goes, there's a crime. Let's pull over. And that's what happens here. Right. And it is a crime. 
because they are trying to steal a car. Why is this car here, though? That's the real crime. Oh, yeah, well, it's it's illegally parked. Well, because it's a setup, Griff. So we get some nice young Asian boys, and they turn around, and they go, fuck you. Was it all Asian boys? It was half. It was a white guy, and there was a couple Asian yeah, okay. boys. And they're like, fuck you, cop. We don't give a shit. And <laughs> and he's playing cool. Sensei's playing it cool. Right, because he's saying, like, I don't get it. You guys got a screwdriver. You brought a screwdriver to a gunfight. We got guns. We got badges. We got justice. What do you got? We got that. And then they turn around. There's like an office building underneath a bridge in the docks. I, I don't get L.A., man. I've Russian really mobsters there. come out. And they go, hey, motherfucker. They immediately knock Jim out. And yeah. Jim is just down for the count. Because he can't fight. Right. Uh, yeah, that's right. That was after Cole had told him. Because Jim is confiding in Cole. Like, hey, man, we're going to have to fight these guys. Oh, no, I don't fight. Yeah. That was what Sensei put in the script. He yes. was, his character, was, which we learned from the opening, yeah. was not going to kill anybody, not going to fight. Cause that's against we, Buddhism. As, as we know, we have not heard him. Heard or seen him fight in this movie? No, this yet. was going to be him using his mind solving crimes, right? So Jim is like scared because he can't fight. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because Jim gets knocked out because he sasses them. Yeah, because the one goon says, "I'm just going to have you suck my dick," not without a date first. <laughs> you then they knock him out. I would knock him out for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Cole, he he wants to just fuck. He's. Like, what was this fucking line? <laughs> they go up to Cole, and he goes, I don't know what even the Russian says to him. He's like, what's that guy's deal or something like that? Because he, no, he asks. Yeah, no, it was right. You're right. It was like, what What was your friend's deal here? Well, my friend is a little country, and I'm a little rock and roll. What so does that mean? He's quoting Donnie and Marie, for fuck's sake. Uh, it's good. Since I knew it was good, so he worked with that. And then Cole, he wants to defuse the situation. Look, look, look. Whatever they're paying you, I'll pay you double. I have it in my pocket. He learns that the Russians want to kill him. Yeah. And so he's like, whatever they paid you, I'll pay you double. And then he goes, look, I'm, just, I'm putting my hand in my pocket. I'm pulling this out. I'm pulling my wallet out. And he pulls out the fucking American Express card. Well, yeah, he's like, you know. I think it was a, it was a Discover card. Yeah, think. it was a Discover Nobody card. Nobody takes Discover. Come on. It's not American Express. It's Discover. Nobody takes Discover, though. Because think about it. He's not. Truly an American. He's a, a man of the world. Right. A globalist, if you will. Uh, and he, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Will you guys go ahead and accept plastic? Zoom in <laughs> on the credit card. And a blade. Hidden razor blade. Pops out. He's fucking Abdullah the Butcher, dude. He knows how to hide his blades. And he cuts three throats <laughs> with two swipes across. And they just go to t- Cole or Jim suddenly pops back up. Total AEW booking here. And a, uh, you know it's a cigar movie, so a slap fight ensues. Oh my god! And when he pops up, they couldn't do the. They couldn't have a shot of him saying, "I'm a little bit rock and roll." Uh, so they had to like ADR it in there as the action was happening. So you just get a random line read of Steven Seagal going, "And I'm a little rock and roll." <laughs> Ah! 
So he slaps the shit out of people. We've seen it a million times. That's his thing, Aikido. And then he throws a guy on a wheat thresher that happens to be there. What was that about? There was a wheat thresher I don't know there? what it was. It was some kind of big industrial machine, and he throws a guy on, and he's impaled on a bunch of shit. God damn. I know they get another perp because, of course, whenever you beat up a bunch of goons, you got to get you know evidence. You got to get uh, some kind of confession out of them or something. It's too early in the movie for a real confession. Well, we do get some evidence because the guy on the wheat thrasher, his sleeve rolls up a little, and we see every Russian we know has a crucifix tattooed on their wrist. That's a yeah. Russian mafia thing. Can I uh, go ahead and stop this, really abruptly stop the podcast for another great joke? Okay, lay it on me. Steven Seagal cannot get any information out of the guy. He's got him pinned to the back of his car. And so Jim says, let me go ahead and get some information out of him. Oh, do you speak Russian? A little bit, a little bit. He bashes his head in the car a few times and then turns to uh, Cole and says, yeah, I got nothing out of him. He doesn't speak black Russian. <laughs> See, because there's a double meaning Because there's a drink called a black Russian And also he's black and he doesn't speak Russian oh Layers Layers, Layers. Back right. to HQ Jim is all... it's, it's just Jim and his boss Yeah, just his, the captain Harris? I know it's the captain oh, it's ca- Okay. Shockingly, a white guy He's captain, he's always black And he's just like This guy is fucking weird And he's amazing what are you trying to say? He's like some kind of Bruce Lee? He's better than... This, this is the line. He is better than Bruce Lee. You know Sensei put that in. Great. What, 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 what the fuck do you want me to do? You want me to like actually like research the people we bring into the precinct <laughs> or something? What, what do you want? Maybe he does. I don't know. <laughs> that night, the rain is a pouring, so we know someone's going to get killed. I mean, we could have had a cool... Maybe this movie, what we're missing, is cool because of Zargathas. Maybe the family man is actually a Zargatha. There were no bite marks on any of the bodies. Right. We know Zargathas, that's the ammo. Zargathas aren't Catholic as far as we know either. No. They don't believe in the J-Man. Yes. So the family... We assume this is the family man killer. Walks into a house with his laser scope and just shoots a man and a woman in a bed. That's right. So now we got the scene where Cole and Jim are going over the evidence of the family man. They're discussing it. Cole is laying out all the shit he knows, even though he has, he knows nothing about this case. He knows everything about this case. It's somehow, this is the serial killer has been out there for weeks now. They've got barely any evidence, but they do have the room with just like the evidence pinned all over. Right. And right now, what they're reviewing is a projector. You can see that dangling. Well, it's like earring. yeah, it's like a, it's a good shot, a slideshow, and. Yeah. They're getting into the mind of this killer. They're like, he believes, I don't know how Jim knows this, but he's like, he believes that he is doing good. He's purifying these people's soul and sending them onto heaven. Which is really funny when you think about it, because we just listened to that guy's interview and the audience listened to the guy's interview at the top half when he was saying that he they had to convince Steven Seagal to kill the character to cleanse his soul so he could go to a better place. Yeah. It covered all the bases. So as they're just about to solve the case, hey, we got another Vic. It's out in this area. Can you help us out with that? What was that, Vic? Yeah, that's, that's short for victim. We don't have time victim. to say victim. Oh, 
my God. I, I can speak cop. You do speak cop. You're from Pontiac. You yeah, get I've it. been you arrested many times. Yeah, yeah, arrested all the time. So they go to this home, and Cole is very disturbed. Why? Yeah, he immediately gets out of the car and rushes into the house. And you know Sensei in this movie. He's cool, calm, and collect. He's always just kind of going with the flow. Waterfall, water flow. Oh. And he's rushing in there now against the stream like a salmon. I like how you said rushing in there. We're the best. So he, yeah, and he's just grimacing, and he's just moting the photo facials on Sensei were amazing. And then <laughs> he has two looks in this movie: smirking at a joke he made, and look like peering into the soul of another person. And then this is where I think Harris comes in. He was the other black guy, right? Harris is the white guy, actually. Then who is the black guy? I forget his name. Okay. Other black guy is his name. And he's just like, hey, there's a print on one of the Vicks. Vicks. And on the female body. It's Coles. I don't know how they just got his. Like, they, they, first of all, we know Cole is a mystery to everybody. No one knows anything about him. But they have his f- fingerprints on. on and they, they got someone to check him with, with a fucking magnifying glass and look in the. Can you leave fingerprints on a woman's body? What do you mean? I don't think you can do that. I don't. I'm. I'm confused by what you're trying to say here. You can't leave fingerprints on anybody. I don't think you can. I thought. I didn't know. I think you can leave them on surfaces, but I don't. I think because of the oils and shit yeah, in your right. skin, like be. you could leave. And the leave. blood. Hello, yeah. the blood that was gushing down her face. I don't know, but they're like, oh my god, it's cold, and we're thinking as the audience, what is he the killer? <laughs> So we go back over the headquarters because, you know, Cole has just kind of rushed his way out of the situation. Right. He's pissed about something. And we have some research on him because Jim's been asking about it. Every single record that his buddy. Well, no, this at this point, he asks other black guy. Yeah. Other look into guy. this guy. I need to know everything about him, but make it off the record. Right. And now we go in to see what. uh Jack Cole is up. We to. get that scene where we get all the cops in a room, and then Cole is like leading. And this is where Steven Seagal looks at his most natural because everybody is standing, and he is sitting in the middle of a room with a bunch of people around him, just like fawning over him. Right, and he's putting out hypotheses. He's just like, "This is probably the work of some kind of mental patient." Can we look into that? Any mental patients right. that have been released? We lately? know these recent victims were psychiatrists. Could it be the uh, patient of the psychiatrist. Yeah, and then we get that classic scene where we get a time like release um, scene where we see him, him like pouring over evidence, and there's a bunch of cops, and then we get we see a couple disappear, but he's still working hard, and then right. everybody leaves, and he still was like got the yeah. one little desk light on, the everything's co- closed, the up. coffee burners, you see him right. fill and deplete and fill and deplete <laughs> and fill and deplete. Yeah, right. it's good. He, it's he's good just work. burning the midnight oil looking for this killer. And we're like, why? Why is he so obsessed with this one case here? Well, we're right. going to learn. <laughs> so now we just follow uh, Cole back home. Home. To this woman we, we allege is his wife. We don't know. We didn't know he lived in L.A. We didn't know he had not one, but two families in L.A. Yeah, he has a home. <laughs> He's only been here for a week. As far as we know, he's been living on the East Coast. <laughs> Suddenly, it's like, oh, yeah, he's got a hot wife in L.A. And, uh, yeah, he had another wife in L.A., too. And, and he has kids. Yes, he has two kids. And, of course, since he's such the perfect father, he has custody of the kids as well. Yeah. 
And so he reveals to this is where it blows our mind. He reveals his wife. I just want to point out the fact that he just arrived in L.A. two days ago. His wife doesn't seem to give a shit about that. Well, you never, we barely ever see her in this movie. Right, and she's just like, hey, what's up? Like, what is this relationship? I don't know. But he's just like, oh, yeah, the kid's mother's been killed. And we're like, what? Like, so... That why he was so disturbed. That was his wife, and that explains why there was Prince. Because you always fondle up your fucking ex-wife, so you leave Prince on her. Right. Prince lasts for months. Like, think about it. When when Jim confronts Cole about this later, he's gonna say, like, "Why were your Prince? That's my ex-wife. She <laughs> has a she has a." B and E fetish, let's say. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Well, I so, told you, women do have that fetish. And so her husband it's a real is a fantasy, cock, you know. and so I break in. Well, he watches it, yeah. and I give her good sex, and her husband watches. Does he, does he wear a baklava mask? <laughs> he does wear a baklava. It's a camp. Look, I'm not going to judge people. It could be hot. I don't know. So we have this scene where we have these adorable little children outside, and he just walks out. We we don't need to hear the group because he tells the kid all the gruesome shit. Like, your mother was crucified. I think she might have been raped. But that's we don't want we don't want to hear a five year old hearing that. Something definitely happened in Sensei's career where they said you have to stop having scenes with children. Because we see this scene so in the kitchen through a window, and yeah. they may not have been kids. Uh, and so we, and then we, I guess we see like she's just like this is why I love that man because he can tell his kids that their mom's been murdered. Yeah, in the most gruesome detail. Right, and they they're they're fine with it. Yeah, she immediately went to just happiness when she saw him with the kids. So that's got to be a man you keep in your life because it's right. like that's that's like crack level of like addiction. Just sees yeah. the man, instant happiness. So that night. Cole's in his office, picks up the phone, makes a very mysterious cryptic call. Yeah. Mr. Smith needs to talk. Mr. Jones needs to talk to Mr. Smith. Mr. Jones. Sorry. Uh, Is that one of your favorites? Oh, yeah. Counting Crows. I love those. That was Counting Crows. Yeah. That that dorky fucker, like, fucked a ton of hot chicks in the 90s. That dorky white guy with the, the dreadlocks. Was he white? Yes, he was white. Wow. Counting crows. Yeah, it's awful. Is it grunge? <laughs> I don't know what that shit was. It's, that's boring white people music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we're at an office. Oh, my God, we're at the CIA. Spooks. And the, the bureau. Not the bureau. The bureau's FBI. We learned the that intelligence. last week. The agency. And we see Mr. Smith, played by Brian Cox. I feel... Brian Cox, he's a great actor. Why is he in this schlock? Yeah. He's I, the original Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, and Manhunter. Uh, and Manhunter. Manhunter's very good. You no, told me. What, I didn't realize that movie existed. You told me about it. It's yeah. good. Um, it's one thing I like about British actors, especially this like this generation, like Brian Cox is from. It's like acting is just a job to them. So they'll do anything. You know, because they're like, I'm an actor. That's what I do. It's not like a spiritual calling like people think acting is it now. Gets, it gets annoying. Yeah, it's just like I learned how to act. It's, it's a technique. Right. I do it. It's my job. Yeah. And I'll just – you got an, you got a job for me? I'll take it, even if it's a shitty Steven Seagal movie. I think some of the greatest material you, we have uh, 
reviewed and everything has been people who clearly are, don't give a shit about the movie, right. but they care about like bringing something to it. Well, they care about their job, right? And you so know. it's like Wings and all of his sh- uh, movies that we just adore. It's like Wings always brings something extra, and it it makes the character that much bigger in the environment. And Brian Cox doesn't really add a whole lot, but the villains don't really work that well in this movie. They're no good villains. Devereaux's barely in it. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Smith here, uh, Brian Cox, barely in it either. Yeah. Everybody in a Seagal movie works this exposition to say how cool Steven Seagal is. Right. Not since Under Siege 1 with... Um, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Did we get like... And uh, Gary Busey. Gary Busey, that's right. Did we get like villains who were actually good villains? Yeah. So Mr. Smith goes, ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. What you do? Because he, he does the McDonald's commercials now. He did it in a Southern Draw, so just go ahead and do that. Yeah. Uh, ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Fucking uh, Mr. Jones, which is, I guess, the alias. Because he's he's as many names. He's he's cause he even says Jack Cole. Is that the name you're using now? Yes, that's what. Yeah. So he's just like a ghost, and he just walks right into the office. Here is our black detective's name, Roden. Okay, but before that, uh, Smith Brian Cox says, or he calls up and he says. I don't want to talk to him. Fuck, fuck. Yeah, you know. yeah. His secretary brings yeah. him the voicemail, yeah. and it's like, yeah, we have a whisper in an envelope for you. He unveils it a little bit. He's like, oh, no, 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 pinch that shut. I don't want to hear that man's voice yeah. again. Yeah. Oh, that is like a glimmer in my past. Oh my god, did he say that a glimmer in my past? That's that's good writing, man. That's good writing. All right, Roden, who's the other black guy? He will now be called Roden. He returns. He's got all the info, but there's not that much info because we learned every single Seagal character has no past beyond five years. That's right. They're all mysteries. Every single one of their past is unknown. And if you ask them, they're like, I don't remember. I went on a mission and I just came back and my brain you was. You just don't. You don't. This is, I'd have to kill you if I told you. This is you. like video game slash uh, anime writing right here. Like the poorest of poor yeah we don't really actually want to put work into this just believe it well no it's it's that it's the whole Seagalism. it's like it's he's such an insecure man it's like he's got to be the best at everything first of all we list off some credentials yeah he's amazing and but there's something you're not privy to he's just he's a ghost you don't know him i love you'll never get to know him i want to go to a place like this because we see it in all these like 70s and 80s movies i can think of numerous movies we've covered where they have like these little hamburger hot dog huts and the people just go up and sit on stools and get you know a quick little uh, burger fresh off the grill and they're there Roden orders uh, a couple coffees jim's like oh i don't want a coffee they're for me. This information I'm about to give you is going to make me shit myself. <laughs> so so we learned, we learned, I think we already explained the DeMarco's killings, which was the first serial killer things in New York that he was involved with, and how he killed DeMarco. Right. And like he's just like, look, it's like this guy came out of nowhere. This is, I think everyone, every cigar movie, someone has this line. Everybody at least, okay, again, if we're talking Seagal laws, if you're gonna, we did the bechamel test with the women, and the women have to That's, talk. You got totally fucked that up. Uh, By the, the way, Abra, I'm sure marked on that. So yeah. Okay, uh, but two women have to talk. They can't talk about a man or something. Two men can't talk about serial killers. Yeah, Steven Seagal law includes multiple characters, 
probably at least three characters talking about his past accolades. Right. Somebody has to say that he's a mystery. <laughs> Somebody has to say that he's a spiritual fucking menace. Or menace? menace? No. no, that's not the word I was going for. Messiah? I don't know what you're going for. Maybe Messiah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> Messiah is what I meant. But it, it's got to be just flating that ego. Right, because um, he's a very, very insecure Maybe, man. maybe. Work with me here. Arm break over the shoulder. He did do an arm break at the carjacking scene. I know we did one in this movie. I'm saying, it, but they that... did. I didn't. I they didn't linger on it. He kind of just threw it. He's like, I have to do it, yeah. so they threw it in there. But so we'll keep working on the skull laws for y'all. So and he's like, and get this. He used to be married to the Dunlavy woman, which was the 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 couple, that, the last couple that got killed. The, the couple he like spaced out on, right? And, and that it, we all yeah. noticed and really were like, wait, what is the connection here? So of course, since he's the uh, Mrs. Dunlavy was the mother of his children, he's got to be at the funeral, mm-hmm. and we get a nice funeral scene. He's awkwardly massaging his daughter's shoulders. I don't know what was going on. I didn't even notice this scene. I was still trying to keep up with the last fucking scene, so I missed that. I just remember him going back to his car, and current wife is, like, wishing him by or something, getting in the car, but touching his face a lot with two hands. I don't remember that. Yeah. See, this movie, it's so packed with shit. So, Jim, he has all this evidence now. He's there. He's watching. He's, he's he's like, I don't know if I can trust this guy. So he goes up to him, and he's like, hey, what's what with your mysterious past? And Mr. Colt, that is your real name. I wasn't, only a, I wasn't always a cop. That's all I can tell you. Mystery. Mystery. And he's like, look, man, the evidence, it points to you. Your fucking print was on her. Apparently you had some custody battles or something. The print was planted. Yeah, no, he's in. A, he was in a custody battle with his right. ex-wife for the kit, which, okay. Why bring this up now? Could have brought it up before. But he's like, the print was planted. Which makes sense. I, I and it makes sense that Jim's plant like. a print on somebody. Sure. Okay, so we see that Jim is worried. Keenan actually doing some good acting here. He actually does look concerned when he's not choking down some fucking Chinese deer penis. So Cole, he got blown, brushed off by Smith, and he doesn't take that from anybody. So he's going to have a little face-to-face. And he knows all the hot spots. Whenever uh, Mr. Smith is in L.A., he goes this particular, not Vinny's. He yeah. would be allowed in Vinny's, by the way. I will go ahead and point out, Murray, do you know how long it it, uh, it has been at this point since Seagal... I thought you were going to say since we started this episode. Yeah, since dead. we started this episode. It's actually been an hour and 18 minutes. Well, we still got we're, a lot to go. We're on a good pace here. <laughs> um, Good marathon pace. And so anyways, so it's been five years since Steven Seagal was featured on an SNL episode. And... This was clearly a bit he worked out for SNL that they refused. They're like, yes, no, G- Jimmy Fallon does not know how to take a punch. No, wh- you can't You can't punch Will Ferrell in the face. You can't do that. Uh, I think, shit, I think Dana Carvey was on when he was it so might far have been. back. It yeah. goes Mike Myers. So, okay, <laughs> one Steven Seagal walks into a restaurant. An Italian, uh, you said Italian-Chinese fusion restaurant? It was Italia-Chinese. Place says Marcos on the outside. The 
uh, Mater D at the front desk said chins. Says chins. I don't know. I guess it depends on what you want to eat, what it's called. Right. I mean, think about that. Fried rice with marinara on it. I don't know. I guess you have to try it. You got to try it, Murray. You got to try it. How's there a shrimp? Oh, boy. You can get it two different ways. You can get the cocktail sauce or you can get the peanut sauce. Oh, good. So think about it. I mean, this could be good. We see that they have both cannolis and the fried, uh, uh, what's it called? Egg rolls. The egg roll cannoli. Egg roll cannolis are good. I can I can vouch for that one. I never thought I would like cabbage and carrots stuffed into cannoli filling. But yeah, but it works. I don't know. The, the sweet and the savory just works. It, you sprinkle the peanuts on there. Well, anyway, he walks in. The guy, he's just, he's talking. Like, this is a hot restaurant. Everyone wants to be at Marco slash Chen's. Get that out of my restaurant. Well, he wasn't speaking with a French accent. It was an Italian <laughs> restaurant. So it was more stereotypical. It was like, that's somebody you. What do you want to talk about? I'm talking to the people right here. You know, you really don't listen very well. Grabs the guy by his greasy hair fucking slips. No, he does not. Oh. He just bitch slaps the guy and knocks him out. <laughs> the guy just disappears from the movie. I only remember the guy disappears. Yeah, he slaps him across the face. He glimmered. And then he grabs the phone. Come on down. We've got a table. You could see he was telling him there were no tables. Right. So, guys, come on. Greatest fucking joke right there. Now he bumps, it, he bumps into some goons. He's trying to go in the back private room, and some goons come up. And this goon, oh, my God, he does what you should never do Ooh, with the sensei. Yeah. Oh, God, what do you got here? Some kind of little slop chop named Chen. Where'd you see that? Would you see it on, like, uh, MTV? With your sissy beads. What are you going to do here? And then a lot of slapping goes on, takes this guy out. Walks up. Most of the guys just part way. They part like the Red Sea. They're like, I don't want any of this shit. Of course they do. Yeah, of course. Everybody in suits here, and Sensei just in his fucking ceremonial fucking uh, warrior, Blouse, yeah. warrior gear. <laughs> it looked like a Garth Brooks shirt. It did. You're right. And he walks in the back room. We see Mr. Smith with a senator. Mr. Senator, can, can you please leave? I, I have to take this meeting. Uh, so I do say this front of mine. I He's a little bit of the honorary type. I see, I see. So you might want to excuse yourself and we'll have a word to our seals. So, yeah, so this is a... Were you just doing fuck or like court? So, uh, so... I say, I say. He wants to know what he's like. Do you, what do you know about the family, man? This is a pro. I know what a pro does. This is not a serial killer. This is too professional. What do you know? I say, I say, I don't know anything. What you saying, boy? I don't know. And while it's going on, when he explains this great physical comedy that that Sensei is doing. Oh me, yes, I get to you. do this because there's just plates full of food. And come on, Murray, this is Italian Asian fusion. So of course. You have fucking dumplings full of ricotta cheese. The chicken chow piccata is fucking chicken amazing. Chicken chow piccata. <laughs> chicken chow piccata. Chicken chow piccata. <laughs> the dumplings with the ricotta and the fucking sausage and the cabbage. Because Taylor's just didn't get cabbage, but the Asians got the cabbage so well. <laughs> right. And the dipping sauce that they're doing it in. Again, tomato-based Fish sauce is so fucking good. <laughs> Everybody's praising this. Sensei's looking at the table and he's like pulling out, and they have like this 
fried um, uh, egg drop noodle things that are actually bread. St- uh, it was there's, weird. There's Chinese sticks everywhere. Chinese sticks everywhere. Uh, but he sees the little bread basket. He pulls out the napkin on it. Just bread going all over the place, and he just fluffs it out and all that. Grab. He's like, you. He, we know Sensei's got a sweet tooth. So he goes right for the egg roll cannoli. He's got a sweet and. Savory, salt, too. S- savory, yeah, yeah. Salt and savory. And he just bites the end and slurps the innards out. He does not eat the covering. He just right. eats the innards and then the, throws it over his shoulder. Too many carbs in the cover. Right. You know, and it's fried. Right. You know, he's got to watch his figure. His right. face getting too fat as it is. So we're, he's like, I need to know everything about this recent killing because it wasn't the family man. I know it and wasn't the family man. Because it's personal. It's getting personal. So he goes to leave, and the guy, the guy he just beat the shit out of was talking about his Nan Chang. Oh, come on, come on. This was done by a pro. There's <laughs> yeah, no way this yeah. was done. Yeah, I said that. Oh, you did? Two minutes ago, yeah. Murray. You went on, you went, you were riffing so hard on that menu that you forgot. You fed me the menu, <laughs> and I feasted. Yes, you did. And now you're purging. So the goon that he beat up is like, you pulled that fucking chicken chow mein mushu pork bullshit on me again and I will fuck you up. Oh, really? Well, here, I got something in my pocket you might need. What's that? It's for that bruise on your forehead. What fucking bruise? Pa-pow! And he just karate chops his fucking head. Now, Murray, you can't end a fight scene without a little more levity to it. You gotta have a joke or two in there. Right, so as he's walking out, first he asks to validate parking. Good good ad-lib, I'm betting. Right, you think you're just going to walk out on that joke. But no, he doesn't follow the George Costanza rule. You don't just drop one joke on him. You drop two jokes on him. And it's a good one because the phone rings, and he picks it up because that guy's still knocked out from that slap he got. Uh, uh, no, we'll be close to uh, renovations. Looks around. He, Looks he does around, nice yeah. Looks around, I think maybe two months. Click and walks out. So we're going back to the headquarters. Jim's getting a call in. Of course, Jim and Cole are kind of operating separately at times. Right, because Jim doesn't know if he can trust Jack. Yeah. Man, I just burped right into it. Uh, Yeah, because it's just like... All the evidence points to him being the family man killer. Right, and Occam's Razor, of course. Right, yeah. And Occam's that's actually, Razor. Yeah, that was actually the name on the back of uh, the credit card. The credit card was Occam's. Oh. And so we we mentioned that they were looking for anyone that uh, had mental patients, like criminally insane mental patients, and they get a call from a prison art teacher, Melanie, and she's like, "I think I got a lead." These these uh because they sent out like the pictures from the crime scene, like the the drawings you were saying. These look familiar. Can you come see me? So Jim goes to see her. Looks familiar to anybody who's ever seen anybody uh, three or under do a finger painting. Yeah, well, that just shows how sick the guy is. Oh, okay. it's, 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 it's purposeful. Guy living in his own house. And you know these fucking hippie art teachers. They love to burn that incense. Oh, my God. And they, they have, like, the real <laughs> thick incense, too. And Yeah, this was penis. This wasn't pussy. This was penis smell. <laughs> and Jim, he's allergic to penis. <laughs> it's, it's dear penis because he starts to sneeze. And this is this 
I love that these keep. It's much like a G and G episode. They got these these jokes they go back to. Yeah, right. And he's just like he's just like like how the pineapple pizza killer always has victims. He goes back to. Uh, you know, I hope we never go back to that joke. So he's just like, don't worry, it's my allergy. All I need is sucking on some ch- Chinese deer penis. And, and the she- woman stares daggers into his face. Oh no, it's no big deal. It's just a couple Chinese. So she's like, anyway, these paintings look very familiar. I think I know who did this. And then she's like, do you know about art history? Leonardo DiCaprio? You mean Da Vinci? No, Leonardo DiCaprio. He's yeah. a great finger painter. Oh my God. And he's just like, can you just tell me the name, ma'am? Christopher Hiawatha Maynard. Hetfield. McCoy. McCoy. And then he's off to the races. He runs back to the, the precinct. Everyone's getting ready to fucking attack this house. They got the address. But then the sensei, he's like, no, this, this is too easy. He he, pop, yeah, he pops out of an office. What's all the buzz? Oh, my God. Jim's cracked the case. James Mayfield. <laughs> oh, my God. Going Christopher the Robbins Maynard. James Mayfield Keenan. Is that the tool guy's name? Tool guy, Maynard. Uh, oh, he's Maynard. Maynard. That's right. Jim, Chris Maynard, Robbins Maynard. <laughs> we got him. We got the case itself. This is too easy. Hey, hey, can, get me the list of any churches in the vicinity of this address. Oh yeah, no. He gets the address. He goes to the phones. He's looking over the finger paintings. He's licking them. He's fucking feeling every inch of the art. And he calls up. Is there any churches near the address? Because you can't just Google this shit back in 1996. Right, there was no Ask Jeeves. Yeah, Ask Jeeves, well, Ask Jeeves definitely didn't exist yet. Yeah. Google was barely on the foundational stage, so it's like you can't just go in there and do, you know, nine mile, nine block radius of said address. Right. You had to do real work. So, of course, he's right, because we go to the church service, and we see the guy, the guy that we opened the show with. It's Christopher... Reeves, Rain, oh, Maynard. Maynard. Yeah. And he looks like a serial killer. He's bald. Oh, bald guys Cargo are crazy. shorts, flip-flops with socks. In church. Church. Flannel shirt opened up, nipple, one yeah, nipple yeah, hanging that's out. That's a weird thing. He had a flannel shirt open up and another one wrapped around his waist. He was like double flannel. So, wow. Yeah, wow. Grunge shows where you saw that? Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Pearl Jam? Uh, I mean, well, you know what? I have seen Pearl Jam at Lollapalooza. I would never pay to see Pearl Jam, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I did. Yeah, it was weird because I'll tell you a story because we need to make this episode longer. Please. I saw Soundgarden like right when when they grunge hit, like in early 92. And you were an early fan of Soundgarden. Yeah, I like Soundgarden. So I kid you not. There was... It was first of all Soundgarden worst live band I've ever seen, and really? I saw them twice, and they were awful both what? times. Because they are, is it known for just Chris's singing? Or no, 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 it had nothing to do with that. It was because you know the whole the whole rap about grunge was it was anti like rock star. Okay, couldn't be further from the truth. They were the most rock star assholes on stage. Oh. They thought they were so fucking cool. And and they were being smart asses to the crowd and all that shit. Interesting. So they would and they would go on these boring like jams. They would just start playing like like distortion and shit yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. And a sea literally a flannel shirt. People were throwing them on the stage. Like he would literally grab them and just throw them in a pile like on the side. That is an image. Yeah. And 
And then they like the fucking bass player like hurled his bass because they had like they had like a chain link fence for some reason like in the background and he hurled it and it got stuck in the fence and he just walked off. <laughs> and then that is very. And then the what Kim Thale I think is his name the guitar player the Indian I, guy. Oh I don't know. He started lighting matches and trying to hand them to people in the audience. Interesting. It was my bus best friend fell asleep. We were in the balcony. It was at the State Theater or the Fillmore I guess now. Uh the Detroit one. Yeah. Okay. And he fell asleep because nice. it was so boring. That's really boring. And then a few months later, I saw him at that same Lollapalooza that Pearl Jam was on. They were on it. And this was the time when that song Cop Killer was a big controversy. I don't remember that one. It was the Ice-T song. Oh, yeah. Okay. So to show solidarity, they uh, were like, we're going to sing Cop Killer. But, of course, Chris Cornell had to be so, like, cool. Like, well, I don't know the fucking lyrics. I just, I, he had, like, a sheet of paper. And he was acting like he was so cool. Like, I don't even know. I don't even care enough to remember. Really Yet I'm annoying. still going to, like, do it. Don't do it if you don't give a fuck. Yeah. That, that would be kind of cool if you did an artistic version of it. You did a fucking one you cared about. No, they, they did a phoned in, like, I'm too cool to do this, but I'm doing it anyway. That's really it was annoying. a it, 90s was very irritating, Griff. I, a, I believe it. Yeah, it was just an awful time for music, as far as I'm concerned. Some people, like like a friend of ours who loves 90s alternative rock, <laughs> I hated it because the punk rock I liked was dead and was never coming back, Yeah, and metal was awful in the 90s because everyone gave up on it. So like, fuck metal. We're into grunge now. Right. I think I've got you to agree on two different metal bands that you suggested to me in the 90s. Uh, I think Bolt Thrower was still active in the 90s, they and came I think on the 90s, Death. Yeah. Well, there was yeah. Well, that was the weird thing because there, de- death metal came out and everyone's like, "Why the fuck?" I want to hear my Seagal thing. Was Don't actually worry, con- more. it wasn't mainstream, but it was on major labels for a short period of time, okay. almost as short as a grunge. So it was weird because like Morbid Angel and like Carcass and all these bands were on major labels for one record, and then it bombed, and then no oh, gave a shit. Okay. But yeah, that was hot too at the time. It's really annoying to see distortion and bullshit from bands you would not expect it from. And I like, like, I miss like a fuzzed out, distorted sound. But I don't want to. Li- I want to do some Jimi Hendrix shit where he's just con- he's just in front of his amp and just making yeah. fucking feedback. Depending, I don't want to listen to depending that. Depending on what you're going to see, if I'm going to see a fucking shitty band, I don't want to see them distorting and shit. If I'm going to see like a really fucking musically strong band do shit, like I saw Lightning Bolt. Not Bolt Thrower, Lightning Bolt, <laughs> and they do distorted out fucking experimental drum and bass shit, and it's heavy, and it's fucking nuts, and I love it. Um, but th- years ago, the last time when I was just, I was already done with my uh, high school emo phase, you know, I never had flippy, dark hair, anything like that. I wish you did. I that look like great. Griff today. If you did, I'd like, we got to post that. But with Twitter. a babier face and weirder hair somehow because I had more of it. Um, but I went to see the band I used to really love, Saves the Day. Good. And I saw them, and they came out, and they were just distorting fog everywhere. And I was like, this is not you at all. You guys aren't good guitarists. You're barely pop punkus. Like, you're you're nothing. And they came out, and they thought they were these cool rock stars and shit. It was really fucking annoying. And I was yeah. like, I'm never listening to them again. And it was funny because Pearl Jam was second on the bill, and... Two months later, they were the biggest fucking band in the fucking world. I never, I never got Pearl Jam. Never liked them. 
Every, all the other uh, grunge bands, I was fine with Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and Nirvana. They were fine. I didn't have an issue. Never get it, to me. I don't even know how Pearl Jam got. Aside from the fact that they were from Seattle, they got lumped in because they sounded. They sound like fucking Eagles or some shit to me. Yeah, no, it sounded like a weird rock band. Some kind of like dad rock bands. I always thought Pearl Jam was. All but right. anyway, hold for the laugh track. <laughs> All right, church service with uh, Christopher Robbins Maynard. Yep, we see our killer walking in. We already we already built him up. He's fucking wearing flip flops, sandals, socks, uh, cargo shorts, opened up flannel shirt. That's how we got on that right. subject. Flannel yeah, wrapped right. around his waist. Yeah, flannel. <laughs> uh, wallet chain, uh, chain wallet. <laughs> he had the perfect fucking like monk ball top, but flowing sides. Right. Oh my God! He's and the church is letting out, and he walks out, and he sees uh, Cole out there, and he goes right back in because he knows Cole for some reason. It's the Catholic guilt. As soon as you lock eyes with authority, with somebody who has a spirit higher, more ascended than yours, you're like, "Fuck! <laughs> I need to run." It's exactly what he was going. It for. was, yeah. yeah. And he rushes in and takes the priest hostage. Yeah. And uh, uh, Cole walks in. I love this this great like mind game he plays with him. He's like, because he's got a gun on the priest. Are, are, does he pull out his gun yet, Cole? Cole does not pull it out immediately. And give the audience a little bit of evidence here of what, evidence insight here. So if you've ever seen Dumb and Dumber, Jim Carrey shows up to the one scene for the date with the girl he thinks he's going to see at the bar, and he's wearing this ridiculous Western wear. That's kind of what Sensei Seagal is wearing here. What the fuck is this jacket shirt he's wearing? It was from the Garth Brooks collection. The dude. Garth Brooks collection. Okay. And he, this is his like mind game. Like, father, leave. And then the guy just lets him leave. Yeah. He's like, you don't want to do this, father. Walk. <laughs> and the father just walks away. <laughs> yeah. He grabs him, hugs him, says, I'll take care of your, your sheep for you. And then the guy, he's like fucking, oh, Maynard's freaking out. I knew I was going to die today. Not sure why. You're going to have to kill me. I didn't. And then he's like, why did you kill that family? I didn't kill anybody. I don't know what's going on. How did you find me? It's the closest church to your house. Do you know who killed my ex-wife? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You're going to have to kill me. Kill me. And he points the gun. Dip, suicide by cop. He had no choice. I'm standing my ground. Bam, 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 bam. Kills Maynard. And he kills him. I'm sorry. I know he opened. I know Sensei wanted him alive. Yep. He wanted to hear him say, you didn't kill me. I don't know, remember if we played this, if it's in the second half of the audio or in the half where he played or anything. But the fact that the guy points out that Throughout the movie, Seagal ad-libbed into his his own lies, and he's so glad he didn't kill the guy. And they said he did it in, like, nine different scenes, so they couldn't edit it out or whatever. So now the cops have arrived. They're like, all right, that's it. Open a shut case. We got the family man killer. It was him all along. It had to be him But all Captain along. Harris doesn't think so. He's like, I still have my eye on you, Cole. Right. You're and too mysterious. And he's pissed because he's like, Oh, wow, just like the DeMarco case. You show up, suddenly the guy pulls out his gun and starts shooting. Captain, and all due respect, I was standing my ground. I don't care. I We don't have fucking freelance cops in this town. You follow the chain of command. You don't go off and do your own thing, which we learn he does go off and do his own oh, yeah, thing later time. on. And it's like, tomorrow, 
You're at seeing Internal Affairs, Mister. So we go over. Jim gets thrown in. Jim has nothing to do with this. But he's just kind of his partner, so of course he gets thrown into it. Told him everything he knows. Every single deer penis length and all. Ratted him out. Cole's fine with it. Fucking antlered him out. This is my favorite scene of the movie. This just this is Steven Seagal's S in essence. Right. Oh my god. They have to give him a lie detector test. So they hook him up. He's got his prayer beads. He's rubbing them as he's getting the... He's actually wearing a suit for this, by the way. Yeah. Yep. We and... were talking about Schwarzenegger in a suit last week. Seagal's wearing a suit. Yeah. He... It hides everything. It works well yeah. for him. It's like a, it's kind of a sloppy Donald Trump suit. Long-ass tie hanging down with his crotch. He did really strangely, too. Like, he had a hinge at the hip. And, of course, you have to ask some questions that we... we ask The people asking the question know the answers for to get, like, you know, so you can... Well, yeah, you need to get a base. Right. So you start asking a bunch of wild like, like questions. Is your, well, no, you ask, like, yeah, is your name Jack Cole? Right. And then yes, you say yes. of course. And then you ask an absurd question. You ask Tim Murray, are you the pineapple pizza killer? No. And, and you see, like, oh, yeah, of course he's not. Because this man hates pineapple. We offered him a pineapple, and he slapped it away. He said, I want a peach. I got, you see the scar I got? Yeah. I got it from eating pineapple. I want peaches. I love a nice juicy peach. So they asked the question, like you said, it would be outlandish. They know would be the answer would be no. It's like, have you ever climbed Mount Everest? Yes. And the woman's like, it checks out. Yeah. And then the whole room turns their face to the polygraph machine because they hear it scritching, and they're like, what? So so far he's acing the test. He's fucking flying colors passing this lie detector test until they ask him. Harris, yeah, because the, the, the operator, the little Asian woman, of course, is just asking him simple questions. He's answering them all. Have you ever killed on duty? Unfortunately. Perfect. And then finally Harris gets annoyed because, of course, he wants to convict him. Fingerprints. Occam's right. razor. Right. And he's like, well, because he's like, why don't you just answer the yes or no question? Because, right. you know, that, that, that's, what, that's what a lie detector is, yes or no. You don't, you don't go into nuance with Right, and he's like, you know, sometimes I have to stand my ground, and then he just gets offended, throws his beads down, rips off the fucking lie detector, and walks. So we get a moment here. We're not going to follow Sensei out. We're actually going to see how the room reads this situation. Right, the woman who's giving the test, she's like, <laughs> "You're not going to believe. It. I've never seen anything like this. Nobody in the history of mankind has ever been more truthful on a lie detector test." Than Jack Cole. He had total control over his emotions. And so Harris, he's just like, I cannot believe this. I am going to go talk to him in the men's room. Right. And well, hey, it works for Fonzie. So the, he, our sensei's washing his hands. Well, of he the, he, he's being symbolic. He's washing his hands of this whole scenario Murray, by washing his hands. That's beautiful. Would you say that's a metaphor? Yes, it's, and it's a Christian metaphor, too, so it fits in with a family man killer. So maybe he is the family man killer. He might be the family man killer. When he did walk in, he did put his hands out like he was crucified. And, uh, you know, you're in a bathroom. Sometimes you just get that feeling. So Harris is a strain in the vein, you know. And he's like, look, mister, I don't like you. You don't like me. You're off the fuck. You're going to take a vacation. I want your gun and badge right now and your beads. Suspended. Two weeks. Overtime pay. I want your gun. I want your. Oh, you want that badge? Which urinal did you piss in? And he fucking chucks it like Jordan. 
Kobe buckets. Right. And that guy's like, God darn it. I don't want to put my hand in that urinal. Too bad. You don't cross the goal. So, of course, Jim now has to check in with Harris, who just learned about, you know, we're getting info about Killer. We're getting info about. Uh, we're, 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 we're covering our bases. It was. Does this. Does it line up? Oh, right. Yeah. That Christopher Robbins, Maynard, James Keenan. Right. Was. Was he around when the Dunleavy case, or I think it was like the first case, the Rozlov case, that's just the first killing. Right, because the whole idea is that the last two killings were a little bit different. Right, well, we learned that because Sensei said that. Ain't the same, Jim. And so they are taking his word as gospel. Well, Jim is. I don't know. I, Jim had the quickest face turn I've ever seen. He like didn't trust him, and now he's ready to die for coal maybe it's on the cutting room floor i don't know it didn't ring true to me at all that he's like totally all in on on jack now but they're like look christopher uh, robbins was he was with the church group for two weeks he's and they people were they saw him he never went he never left a lot of people there to you know hold his alibi to truth but get this did you hear cole had a really nasty custody battle with his ex even though it looked like they loved each other and they were totally cool think about it the demarco timeline he shows up in new york suddenly there's the demarco killer and a guy gets executed on a roof top now he shows up here you know he goes or rather he got suspended and then he's gone for so long and a family man killer shows up here, and he appears here. And then it stops when a suspect gets killed. Yeah. And then Jim, he's nibbling on a deer penis. He's like, mm, just something's off. I don't know. I believe in Cole. So Cole, he's got to find his own evidence. So he sneaks into the Roslov house, which is the first victim's house. And I know that because there was a fucking... <laughs> they showed a close-up of mailboxes at Roslov, even though I don't think they oh, ever mentioned that her name's Roslov. Thank you. I yeah. was so confused by this yeah. scene. Okay. Uh, was John Woo out at this time? Because this house is full of doves. So I was actually working on the notes as Kayla arrived and was tired and was trying to nap on my couch, and we walk into the scene that's super, super, super fucking quiet. And this is apparently a person that keeps track of pigeons, in their house, I thought they were doves. Doves, yeah, yeah. Doves. There was, but it was like they had like a thousand. It was John Woo's house. Yeah, it was because they and it was like in the middle of their living room. They have dove pens everywhere. That would be disgusting. Yeah. So well, I can see why you thought the serial killer's house would be this because I would believe a serial killer would live in this kind of house. Right. You're supposed to think he's psychotic. He lives in a weird. Anyway. No, this is the woman who's a translator, as far as we know, and has great tits. Great tits. Yeah. Too good of tits, actually. I saw those tits, and I was like, my erection right now is a little too good. These aren't real. Yeah, That's how it happens. It's like a radar. I've seen better. But uh, So, anyways, yeah. So, we're going through this. He's looking through. He's right flanked through his shit. He's fully griffing it. He's trying to find evidence. And that's when you know someone's creeping through the house. Right. A masked man with a scythe. It was a scythe? It wasn't a giant like Grim Reaper scythe, but it was like a, it might have been one of those ninja weapons. Can't sickle. Well, no, because it had like a long pole—not a long pole, it was like three foot pole and a little. Yeah, it might have been one of those ninja weapons. Yeah, I don't no, know. I know what you're talking about. Haitas uh, or something. And he attacks him. We get some more slap fighting. 
And this is where we get all the fucking doves going ape shit. Right. It's a very John Woo scene. It's so loud. And that woke Kayla up and she's like, what are the, what are you watching right now? Are you watching uh, uh, Face Off? No, we're not watching Face Off. Are you watching Hard Target? Are you watching Con Air? No. Was it a John Woo movie? I mean, they won the John It wasn't, but there was doves in it. (laughs) Doves everywhere. 90s was a very dove. You know who's my favorite? Aaron Rodgers showed up as Con Air. So, the guy, of course, Sensei beats the shit out of him. So the guy runs, but he drops, just happens to drop some... Very important evidence. I don't know why he'd have this on his person, but we need it as the audience to put the put it together. It's the most amazing thing. This guy came here on foot, and yet apparently he was on his way to the airport, so he had to bring all of his belongings and tickets. Yeah. And, money. and this was before nine eleven, so you didn't really have to. You could just show up in an airport and go, "Hey, I have a ticket," and they would let you on. Uh, yeah, you would flash your blue eyes at them. They yeah. say you're American. You can go on. So yeah, there is a plane ticket to Russia. Russian mob. And his paycheck from Deverell Industries has happened to be in there. Hmm, Deverell, where have I heard that name before? Oh, my God. He doesn't even try to make these stories good. So now we cut right back to Frank Deverell's house. We see the guy with the ski mask. He rips it off. It's Donald. Of course it's Donald. Throws it on Frank's desk, Frank Deverell. And he's like, hey, what happened? He was there. What was he doing there? Well, you should have cleaned it up earlier. What was I supposed to do? He's amazing. He knows 10 different martial arts. I I know three. I thought I was going to roundhouse him. He condoed me. Condo house? No, that's not a good joke. No, no, no. Fits with this movie, though. Yeah, it does. So, okay, Jim, he's a guy who's always glass half full. So he's got the suspension, too. And he's like, I'm going to go to a movie marathon. I'm going to go to old Bijou, the old Redford Theater, see some classic movies. My favorite, Casablanca. I like this. He's like, I got to support my co- – I'm a cop in the community. I support the community. I go to the fucking shows. He's got a whole bag of deer penises he's just eating, like he's, popcorn. Yeah, no, uh, he sprinkled it over Can you popcorn. make popcorn penis? Well <laughs> – yeah, I guess he could. Papinus? I don't know. Papinus? <laughs> I don't know. I know he's, he's, his allergies are not bothering him at all. Let's put yeah, it that way. He's breathing Because you can see that in the theater, they put in that theater smell incense going. Because <laughs> yeah, the theater. Why do they do that? Why do we, That's probably why people go to movies anymore. Because that fucking incense smell. It's just too much? Yeah. I mean, I don't unless I'm going to a porno theater. I don't want pussy incense waif wafting under my nose. Right. You know, it was really weird. What was the we saw? What's it called? The Doctor Strange movie. That was the last movie we saw, right? Yeah, unfortunately. I was so confused why there was pussy fog going (laughs) into my nose. That's how they get you, man. Women are taking over. Watch out. So, yeah, so he's crying because this is the fucking tearjerker of a movie. That's right. And I love how he, <sighs> Sensei gets the best of, best of both worlds. He gets to mock a man for crying by also telling him it's okay to cry. Right. Like, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, okay, of course it's okay to cry. But on the other hand, he's like, Knows it bothers him, so he mocks him about it. And then after the guy is at his lowest, he's like, oh, don't worry. It's actually okay to do that. He is a fucking sixth-grade bully. 
Yeah, that's basically him in a heart in a nutshell. Him and Trump. Him in a heart shell. So they walk outside. They don't want to disturb the other patrons. That's very thoughtful of them. And they're going over the case, and he's just like, "This was a professional job. There's no way a serial killer. There's no way Christopher Robbins, Maynard, James Keenan could have done this. But why are they making it look like me? Like I'm the family man, right?" There's no way I could have done these things. I'm too much of a spiritual, beautiful human being, and I believe in karma. It's got to be a work of a pro. And I know pros. And this pro definitely had a connection to Deverell. And, you know, Jim. See, paycheck. Would you see it? Would a serial killer get an IRA? Or an IRA? Yeah, yeah no. But it's a, pro, a, a professional would. I like this because Jim is just like, you know what? This makes a lot of sense to me. And then he starts trying to talk because, of course, they got a bond. You you said this. They don't bond at all this movie. No, they're bonding right now, Murray, over Casablanca because he says, yeah, you know, it's like in the movie. And then he says a line from the movie and Seagal goes, oh, yeah, I know that line. He's like, no, you don't. You've never seen Casablanca. Of course I've seen Casablanca. Well, yeah, but before they, that's that's the end of the scene. Oh, we there's still, more? Yes, we still have a lot more. Jesus Christ. Because now we learn why the woman in the great tits, what's her connection? Because for all we know, she was just a Russian translator. And then how did she get involved with all this shit? Was she smuggling chemical weapons? They just pulled chemical weapons out of their ass. Yeah, that was interesting. Well, that would explain the cancer in her body. Exactly. But what connects your wife? Hmm, I don't know. And then Jim's like, look, I could lose. I have eight. I have two weeks I can connect, collect my pension. I could lose everything working with you. But I, something tells me my gut. I need to trust you. And it ain't the deer penises. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's when they go into the like buddy yeah, bonding. Yeah, yeah, they're they're bonding over Casablanca. Yeah, he's yeah. like, you've never seen Casablanca. Well, how do you know? Wait, you think you think I'm I'm tough? I can't. I couldn't see a movie like Casablanca. I haven't. <laughs> Let's go watch it. And they go in and watch it. Yeah, fuck. All right. So now, oh my god, we thought Mr. Smith was just like he was just a fucking CIA guy. No, he's working with Deverell. Of course he is. Deverell's got everybody high up and political in any stratosphere in his pocket. And Deverell's like, what is with it with this cold guy? We can't get him off our backs. What, what, tell me about him. Tell me how amazing he is. Well, I do say, my son, I found him in love. He would even recruit him for the American military. He was just there fighting for freedom. Right. And we started putting him on special jobs. And then we started putting them on super top secret jobs. The type of jobs that Donald Trump declassified with his brain from Mar-a-Lago. He was known as the Glimmer Man. Oh, don't ask me to explain what that means. But do let me explain what that means. <laughs> One second you're in the jungle, nothing. Then a glimmer. Then you're dead. I say, I say. And then he's like, but this is the thing. He went rogue on us. He started making his own missions. He thought he knew what was best. We know what's best for this country. He don't know what's best. But no one could track him. Then one day, I heard, last I heard about him, he was supposedly saved by a holy man. Right. So at this point, Smith, who's just sitting there smoking a fucking stogie with a, a very uh, Schwarzenegger, 
with a bathrobe on. Takes Speedo. it off. Speedo. Yep. He's just like, I'm going to take a dip in here. Now look here, look here, look here, my boy. We need to tr- we need to cut the connections to us. We need to sever ties because things are getting a little too hot. And this pool is supposed to be 62 degrees Fahrenheit. So there are three people. Your stepson, remember Johnny was the stepson, by the way. It was not his son. I thought it was his son. So he could be totally fine with having him killed. And we got those two cops, Cole and uh, Chicken Noodle. Chicken Noodle Jim. Now... I can take care of you. He's like, what? I, 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 I mean, the kid's an annoying, but he's still my, my stepkid. I don't. I, well, we, we, you got two choices. I can take care of him. You can take care of the cops. Two of them three got to die. Right. Smith is very, uh, really insists on it. He's like, I'll take care of your stupid little stepson. You take care of the other two. And that's where we cut to Jim doing some actual detective work. Right. He's got the, the phone records of uh, who is. Uh, it was uh, ex-wife. Yeah. The, the calls that were coming in to uh, Don Levy's house. Yes. And as he's looking over that. We, we see a guy, a very familiar shadowy figure. Right. Uh, we should point out that Jim was getting into his Bronson mechanic. He had a bunch of shit up on his wall. He had right. a pipe. He had classical music up. playing. Classical music, bottle of Squeezing wine. Squeezing a ball of wax in his hand. Yeah, he's letting the jelly flow through his fingers. Yeah. And See, he if was... you listen to Rod Deal, you get that joke. <laughs> I'm surprised you remember that joke. Yeah, I remember that one. And... Uh, and he starts checking off phone numbers and everything. And it's like, oh, my God, he's right there. He's got it. And just as he's about to get it, Donald attacks in his ninja outfit. And he starts beating the fuck out of Jim. Yup. They get thrown into the TV at one point. The, tube TV. Yeah, there are a lot of tube heads getting thrown into tube TVs in this Well, movie. Murray, tube TVs are intense. You think you would, like, bust your fucking skull if you got thrown into a tube TV, though. Considering how thick that glass was, you would. And so, yeah, and then the pipe that he was smoking, because he's like Arthur Bishop, falls, sets fire to the... Right. He's got all this fucking classic old Hollywood memorabilia. He's got fucking Dorothy's ruby slippers. I don't know how a cop could afford that. Right, and as we know, she used to dance in a raw deer type, raw deal type <laughs> forest fire outside, or for... for I'm trying too hard here. I'm going to stop. Okay. And uh, he gets th- uh, th- uh, he gets thrown down in the kitchen. Uh, Donald just rips the fucking stove off the wall, and it's a gas stove, so there's gas now. Yeah, I love this like dramatic gas explosion. It would immediately blow up. Yeah, like, but it's like I, taking its time. I uh, I know how gas works, and this is yeah. not how. It's, last time I heard, it's flammable. Yeah, it's uh, inflammable, and that is not delayed flammable either. Yeah. This was the good kind of gas, or it's delayed flammable. Yeah, so it gives Jim a little bit of time because Donald just takes the fuck off. Well, they continue fighting for another five minutes while yeah. the house is fully engulfed in flames. The fumes are just blasting everywhere. Yeah, you're seeing them. I'm seeing them. And then finally, finally, Jim notices and he goes, "Oh shit, I need to run." Right. Doesn't I swan dive? Well, he, he he outruns the blast. He's literally outrunning that the blast. Yeah. Leaps out his like third story window. Thankfully, there's a convertible with a rag top down there. The cushions is fall. You'd be so fucked up if you. But no, he survives. He gets a little like bump on his head or some shit. It's good. 
I mean, he wakes up the next morning, that's for sure. I mean, rain starts pouring in and everything, so that's going to put the fire right out for him. Cole is at home. He knows what's happening. They're coming for him. The eternal affairs are coming for him. And like a good cop, he does not resist arrest. Right. He lets them put the hang. I don't think. Did they put handcuffs? I don't think they put handcuffs. No, no, no. They didn't bother. They were just like, oh, are you going to come peacefully? I'm a man of peace. Of course, I'll come peacefully. And so I think they they did wrap his beads as a symbolic handcuff around his wrist. They did. It was just, like you said, symbolic. And as they're driving, pouring rain, the the one of the drivers, his, his shirt sleeve rides up. He lifts to adjust oh, the rearview yeah. mirror, yeah. And he notices that the, oh, the tattoo that only Russian mafia get, a crucifix, only Russian mafia Giant people. Giant crucifix on the wrist. And he's just like, oh. And then he says, Das Vitania, motherfucker. And the guy's like, oh, you know Russian too? And they start speaking. And they say, oh, shit. I'm supposed to be a cop. It's not a cop. These are Russian mobsters, buddy. So now we're in the in the midst of a fight. That is happening. Gaul is murdering people. I love that. He's pummeling the shit out of this guy with the butt of a gun, a handgun. He's just slapping repeatedly on this yeah. guy's head. And also leaning forward. Just use a pizza cutter. You don't need to if you want to get some juice. (laughs) Leaning forward because he's in a car and he could die in the car. So he's leaning forward and also kind of directing the car a little bit to get out of the way of, like, sure, destruction. They turn into an alley, I kid you not, full of light tubes. Yes. A fucking garbage wrestling match breaks out in this fucking movie. Light tubes are exploding. Of course... You know, every alley's got a ramp. I don't know why, but they just put ramps in alleys. So they hit the ramp, fucking spin. They're on the top. First, it would just be all crushed, but apparently this is the hardest of hard times. Hardest of hard times. So it's a sliding upside down. Cole kicks the back window out and just rolls out, stop, drops, and rolls out. Up to his feet. If you were sad that you haven't seen Seagal run in like nine years at this point, <laughs> yes. don't worry. Yes. You well, the, first of all, the car hits a wall, explodes, bursts into flames. Yes. And then he does the Seagal get, floppy dance. Oh, my Floppy God. walk. We get to see him. Haven't seen that in a while. Arms totally. I, could, I, I thought Jim Henson Productions would be better than that. <laughs> but no. No, that is a Jim Henson production. It's yeah. that run style. All right. So we're going over to the next morning. Cole just happens to arrive at Jim's recently exploded place. You know yeah. what this looked like? The fucking scene on a dark man. Yeah, and I love how the fire just went out on its own. Yep. Like, there's, it's, there's like nothing structurally wrong hey, with this third story. You it's know, raining world. constantly in L.A. Okay, yeah, as we know. And somehow put it out. They don't have, I don't know why they keep talking about droughts. They have droughts in L.A. It's constantly raining. Constantly there's raining. too much water. Uh, guys, if you've seen Glimmerman, it's constantly raining over there. And, yeah, once again, because they want to look like seven. And, of course, <sighs> Murray, it's been two fucking series. We had back-to-back life-or-death fights. Yeah, we need so levity. it's got to be funny again. We need levity. Oh, is this a box full of deer penis over here? And lo and behold, it is. He has a giant box full of deer. You know, I'm around a lot of incense. What can I say? And then he's like, oh, my God. Is this a Chris Gaines CD? Can I have this? Yeah. He starts going through his CDs, and I'm surprised there wasn't like a full fucking page about this because he fully grifted it. I'm I didn't know you were down this. with the sickness, yeah. and he just grabs the fucking disturbed. disturbed CD, which hadn't even come out yet. It was like yeah. three years in the making. That's right. It was the demo. All right. 
And so, yeah, we get a little levity, and then they head over to a house, the house that uh, the calls were coming from. Those six calls that uh, were like, yeah, this house got six short calls. Right. So there were six calls placed from this house to the Dev, uh, not Dev- Dunleavy. Dunleavy house. Yeah, it is annoying. There's a Dunleavy and a Devereaux. I hate it. Too many DVs. I hate it. And they go, and it's just some guy. The guy, this guy, always plays cops in fucking movies, right? But he's like, "Hey, that's not me. This is my daughter must be calling these." That's lines. my daughter. I tell you, you're not supposed to call these nine seven six lines. It's full on Columbo here. The little red light doesn't work anymore. That's not my line. That's my daughter's line. And it's, and we recognize the daughter. It's Millie, little Johnny Devereaux's girlfriend from the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's right. This woman was married to Bobcat Goldthwait, if you can remember. Wow, that. really? Yeah. When she was hot. She's not hot anymore. But when she was hot, she was married to that guy. Can you believe that? Interesting. Interesting. And she's like, yeah, it was it was Johnny making the calls. He was calling his shrink. Right. I think his name was Dunleavy. Right. She's trying to she's trying to like be like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, they have some shrink's phone number. How did you know it was his shrink's phone number? You got me. Let me tell you everything now. It's all it takes. It's all it takes. So now we. So go- now we know the connection with uh, Cole's wife because right. she was married to the to Johnny's shrink. And where is Johnny? Well, he's been located to Our Lady of Angels, the the Saint Asylum. We head straight there. We're walking in with a gunman, and we we've seen this scene before. We think that this gunman is. Aiming for Johnny. Well, he is. But he approaches like I mean, the, we just very much like Soylent Green. We have a bed bunk situation, but they have like sheets at this point. Yeah, a little privacy uh, curtains. Yeah, like in an old hospital. Right. So yeah. he pulls the privacy curtain aside, thinking to find a teen boy waiting there, probably with an erect penis, because teen boys have erect penises. This is this is where I, I'm told why dreams happen. But oh, uh, surprise! It's not an erect penis. It's an erect bullet. Yeah, he doesn't even say, like, police, stop. He just shoots the guy immediately. And they're cool with that. And, like, nothing. We're, like, at, we're, like, nobody cares. Nobody's like, what the fuck's going on? The panic in this room. Everybody has heard a gunfire at this point in their life. It's alarming. Nobody in this school, church, gives a shit. They walk over calmly, like, oh, did somebody drop their water bottle? They've gone with God. They've gone with God. And so, yeah, and then Johnny reveals, like, that woman, that translator woman, she was killed because she knew about, she was smuggling the chemical weapons. Apparently she was a mule slash translator. <laughs> and he's like, I tried to warn, because he told, obviously he told, because he's, you can tell anything to your shrink. There's client, uh, uh, something. Uh, HIPAA. You're thinking yeah. of client-patient. HIPAA, yeah, privileges. Yeah. yeah, privileges. So he's like, yeah, I told him everything. I, so I knew he was incriminated. I, so I was trying to warn him with those six calls. Right. He kept thinking I was pranking him. I don't know what was going on. Right. And so this is where we start to realize, like, oh, shit, Smith is helping. Mr. Smith in the CIA. This guy with his beautiful southern accent. He was involved. Right. It's got to be Smith. And, of course, Cole's like, I'm going to go find him over that. So now we see Smith. He's getting ready to go back to Marco's for a nice buffet. And our boys grab him, and they take him under the bridge. And Griff will tell you what happens under a bridge. 
Oh, well, if they're not warming up buttholes or writing fucking awful songs to sell to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Or they're interrogating CIA men. Yeah, that too. What do you know? What's going on? And then he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I say, you give me the vapors. What's going on? How about I make you dance? Shoots fucking Smith in the foot. Oh, I mean, he immediately hits him with the pleasantries. You got to point that out first because Mr. Smith is in love with Steven Seagal well, who or isn't? Jack Cole. And he's telling him, oh, God, Jack, I miss you. No one goes the extra mile right. like you. He's obviously a masochist. He's loving getting shot in the foot. Right. You're like the double breading of my fried chicken that I love so much. And but he's still not talking. So then he shoots uh, him in the fucking palm, yeah. which made me think, family man killer much? That's a good point. That is a family man killer thing, right? But that's enough. And maybe he's thinking that because that's enough to break uh, him. So so we learn that Devereaux is working with the Russian mob to smuggle chemical weapons to Serbian freedom fighters, aka terrorists, because they're not on our side, right? And Smith, why is he doing it? Why to get rich, my boy? <laughs> so a- after all this conversation, Smith's just being very coy, just being very about it. And he's just like, okay, just call me that ambulance now. You can take off. And Jim reveals he's been recording the whole conversation. On a Zippo lighter, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and Cole is just like, he's like, look. I want you out of my life. You call off the guns. You leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. And he's like, well, I can do that, but can you call that ambulance for me? You can hobble to a hospital. Let me just take off. Now, they go to a nice little bar, a dive bar, and Cole calls up Deverell from a payphone. And he's got the recording with the conversation with Smith. Right. And he plays it for him, and he just lets Deverell hear it. And uh, what what does he get out of this? Well, he but what he says is, "I'm not interested in you." He's it's because I guess Donald tried to kill him. He's like, "It's personal with me," and he killed his ex wife. He's it. like, "So I don't give a shit about you. Give up Donald, and I and with we'll, the murder weapon, with the murder weapon, so I can pin it on him, and we're cool." Right. And he's like, hey, I like that. Meet me at this like hotel downtown. Yeah, it was an apartment. Okay. So Jim is like, what's going on? What are we doing? And then he's like, grasshopper. Can he calls, we didn't have to mention he calls him grasshopper throughout the fucking. Throughout. After the first conversation where he's full respect, like you're my equal, he totally turns it into you're my grasshopper now. Right. He's like, why are we playing mind games? We got the evidence. Why don't we just arrest everybody? This reminds me of old Persian philosopher that, philosophy that became the game chess. Young warriors are used to fighting head-on, but old warriors like to wait. Let their opponents expose the board, work themselves into a corner. It's the art of war, Sung Tzu. You've read it? Oh, we gotta bore them to death? <laughs> so fucking bad. Uh, hey, don't worry, we're in the final stretch here. Okay, guys, half a page left. Not even. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Jim thinks on that as Cole leaves, and he finishes up his Jack and Coke, and he's like, "I got an idea." And he walks over the phones. I said it earlier, 
the audio recordings. We don't even get audio like this today. We had some fucking goober come. Unless up you're to, listening to our show, it's perfect uh, of course, audio. perfect audio on our show. We had some goober come up to us with the worst audio ever and say, "I need you on my show." <laughs> okay, what do you want us to do? We'd be glad to help out. I don't know. <laughs> do you want to be on our show, or do you want us on your show? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was very vague. If you're listening. Figure out what you want to do and get back to me. Yeah. Okay. Like we're we're happy. We're more than happy to guest on your show. We're gonna take over. Sorry, but as this happens, but if you want the GNG bump, we're more than happy to accommodate. Yeah. It's just we need to have solid. Yeah, I don't want it like I'm talking to AI. Yeah. Basically, we've been on multiple shows and they say, "Hey, let's talk about this. Let's do it." Yeah, that's it. That's all you need. So Jim calls in with that perfect fucking audio yak back recording. And a little reverb, though. A little reverb, just to make it (laughs) spooky. Uh, He calls up uh, Don, because they called up Deverell with Don's recording, or Smith's recording, and now they're calling up Don with Deverell's recording, so they're working down the line of succession here. Right, because they want to get everybody. Yeah, and so they just let Don hear it, and then he says, "Guess your ass just got. Guess your. <laughs> guess your ass just got sold down the river. So Donald's pissed at Devereaux because Devereaux's ready to sell him out. He didn't give a shit. Ka-pachoo! Next morning. Next morning, we're at that hotel, part slash apartment building slash just a fucking building. It's just a building. And uh, Devereaux and his crew arrive, and they they walk into the room they're supposed to be meeting at." It's supposed to look like a fucking mob walking into the room, slow motion, everything. They keep cutting over to fucking Al Leong just chewing on a bag of Funyuns. But it was nice to give him that role. I loved it. I I'm loved glad he wasn't chewing on deer penis. He was chewing on Funyuns. Funyuns. You really chew? I mean, because you do chew, but you really gnaw on them? They're not Depending that. on what Are kind, they stale? Are they really super stale? I got to tell you, if they're the Flaming Hot Funyuns, I fucking... Really savor those motherfuckers. Mm. So. I could have, I could have swore he was eating bugles. Was it Funyuns? It might have been bugles. Okay, because I saw that he put some on his fingers to make them like, like little pointy I fingers. A, <laughs> oh, you know what? That makes sense. I yeah. watched the YouTube version, so I didn't have the laser disc. Oh yeah, yeah, they're different cuts. Different but cuts. it's all just about Ellie Young snacks. <laughs> There's at least five cuts where he does different snacks. One's Jolly Ranchers. And he's like licking them. What's the he's not even putting them in his mouth. He's just licking them. There is only like a cat. One. He's like, there is only one Jolly Rancher. It's the watermelon one. None of the other Jolly Rancher flavors are good. I'm I'm fine with them. So yeah, so Devil's waiting. Allegedly, he's thinking Cole, but Donald walks in with his goons. Well, you know, he's expecting Donald to be there. He expects Donald to be there. No, he's not because he's surprised. He's like Donald, what are you doing here? Because he's 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 going to sell no. Donald out. Murray, he's, he's not surprised by that. He's surprised that he locks him in. But no, because the whole point was he was going to sell Donald out. So why would he want Donald in the room with him? Okay, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So he's like, Donald, what are you doing? He's like, you're going to fucking sell me out, weren't you? Donald, baby, of course not. And then Donald just shoots him in the chest. Uh, Marie goes full on Shakespeare first. He starts telling him, oh, that is thou lie that thou tell to thou hit man. <laughs> it's right out of Hamlet, right? Okay, well, I don't, I well, I don't know. You just said thou five times. <laughs> that makes it Hamlet. Prithee thee. You, you rapscallion, you scoundrel. You thoughteth you were going to uh, turneth on me? I turneth on you. And then he shoots 
Devril in the chest. Wait, and our buddies, they're listening and giggling. They're on the because there's like there's two doors to this apartment. Yes. And they're like, and like Jim's like, should we go in there? No. Let them let it play out. Right. So they shoot, but then everybody calms down right after. So they're having another standoff, and Cole loses his cool. He's like, all right, one, two, three. Bust in. Very much like the school shooter scene. Everybody just like calms down, puts their guns down. Seagal's still waving his gun at everybody. He just starts opening fire and shooting everybody. Yeah. As soon as everybody's lot- like, I'm willing to talk, he shoots. There's a Well, he just... He's all about just killing people. There's a lot of tube TV abuse. There's a lot of stove abuse in this movie because Seagal grabs a stove, throws it, rips it off the wall, throws it down the ground, and uses his cover. Yes. And I have a feeling he I, – I don't remember, but I have a feeling this is his move that he does in every movie, but I don't remember, where when he has to reload, he puts, he puts his hand up in the line of fire with his gun – Pushes the button so the clip falls out, oh, goes yeah. down, reloads. He does it at least three times in this scene. Yeah, you're right. He's not even that. looking. He's just shooting people dead in the heart. Yeah. Everyone's in. Fucking Deverell gets shot in the head in this. I don't know who shoots him. Either it was Don or fucking Cole. I actually did replay on that one to make the notes accurate on that. Because okay. I was like, wait, who shot Deverell? The villains, again, in this movie are pointless. Yeah. Showing how pointless are Don grabs one just as fucking protection. He's so he's like running out the room, holding a guy in front of him who's catching every bullet that that Seagal is shooting. Yeah. And then he escapes. So now we're following so Jim and Cole have to go through the apartment complex and try to find Don. We follow Jim first, who gets a jump scare by a couple little kids who, you know, say they tell him to freeze and they have little toy guns and everything. Jim, of course, waves his gun at them, and then he points out, what is this fucking showdown on Sesame Street? Big Bird gonna pop out at any moment here. And he does shame the one kid for having dreadlocks. He's like, you little whoopee Goldberg looking motherfucker. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. Uh, and Jim sees a door just a little ajar, and he's like, that's gotta be... Why wouldn't he just fucking run out the building? Why would Donald be hiding in the building? Right. It's October. The window's open. Breeze is coming in. He's like, oh, he jumped out that window. He gets real close to it. And then you just hear, eh, hello, peekaboo. Turns around. Don shoots him in the chest. He goes flying out that window. Well, he shoots him in the shoulder because it went right through. It went right through. So don't worry about it. He falls out the window. He's hanging on a ledge. Somehow Cole is on the roof. Thankfully, much like uh, Howie Long brought, brings his parachute everywhere he's at, he brings his ra- rappelling gear. Yeah, we see this scene. He's got a gun in his hand on the roof randomly. Does Stun- every apartment building have rappelling gear up no, on the roof? usually not. Okay. Uh, so, like you said, he brought it. Yeah. And suddenly he has gloves on and rappelling gear that goes perfectly down. Stuntman right had the shiniest wig on. Shiny. Condition yeah. to hell. <laughs> yeah. You know Adam Cole might leave. Oh, no. He he said that Bobby Fish asked Adam Cole and the other guy, the dragon guy. Right now, everyone's like, why are you talking about this right now? Let's maybe we should WWE. talk. Maybe we should talk about this. You want to wrap it up? Off mic. Yeah, I want to wrap it up. Oh, okay. Because I got big news for the end. Oh, okay. So he starts rappelling down, grabs Jim. They 
pop through a window and everything. Don't worry, comedic bits yeah. are not over yet. Yeah, they could have just went just down to the ground. They no, could've. he has to go through a window. We see an old lady. I think it was the same old lady who the poor, the predator busted through her apartment. Right, right, with Danny Glover. Right. And they pop in there, and of course, we've already had one Seagal's tackling through a window scene. Now we have this, and both scenes have some kind of, are you happy to see me or is that your gun type scene? Yeah. You let you read that line really well. I know, I read it perfectly. It was just a really good joke. <laughs> is that a gun in your pants? Are you happy to see me? That flows a little better. Oh, does that flow a little better, Murray? Uh, for me it does. It, for you it does. So all right, let's fucking end it. So Cole repels all the way down to the ground. Yeah. He goes in the front door. Why did he have to I guess it was just for that great dick joke. Like, why did he have to ruin that poor woman's apartment just for a dick joke? Just for a dick joke. Yeah. So then he go he goes back, rappels down to the ground, goes in the front door, chain locks it with the fucking uh Well we lock. don't yeah, we don't see that. All we do, we just cut away. And we I see know. we see Donald in the lobby. He's like, That's them, Scott Free, there's the doors right there. Runs by the with that's the thing. Is it an apartment or is it a fucking hotel? Because there's a front desk. I know. It's set up like it is a hotel. This is the bizarre setup period because there's a wrought iron gate yeah. inside the building. Yeah. They call it an apartment, but it operates like a hotel because there is a fucking secretary at the desk, the old guy with the fucking stuff. And he's asking about the sheets constantly. Constantly. So we see that old guy. Hair quotes, reading a paper as Donald walks by him, and then he sees that the doors are chained shut. Right. And then the newspaper goes down. We see just see his eyes above it, yeah. little winks at us. It's fucking cold. Donald tells him, I'm gonna take care of you like I did your wife. And then the most epic slap fight you've ever heard, and you're gonna hear it takes place. This is where I I think this is why I asked if Jim Henson was involved, because Occasionally, Sensei lifts his feet off the ground to kick, which I've yeah. never seen him do. Rarely. In, a, in, a and in like a full shot, definitely not. And he's kicking. Of course, he's just because we all know Sensei never sells in a never. fucking He's pummeling the shit out of this fucking guy. But Donald gets one single punch in, and it's a good one because it makes Sensei's nose bleed. And I want Bravo. This was a realistic-looking nosebleed because it dribbles all the way down to his chin. It's not that bullshit where it just goes out like a quarter inch and it yeah. stops. It goes and then, but he no sells it totally. Doesn't act like he's hurt at all, right? And just starts beating the shit out of him again. Literally, what we're talking about here, they're doing like heavy fucking bassy sound effects of him punching Donald in the face. He's easily grabbing him like he's a sack of ten-pound laundry throwing them across an apartment, across the ovens and shit. It's manhandling. You know, it's devastating shit. And he allows Donald to put his hands on his throat. They're they're dueling throat. Yeah, he likes likes it rough. They're both strangling each other. And then Sensei goes... You're not gonna be waking up happy now, because he's like, he's like, yeah. Well, there's a scene where he, when he gets punched in the nose, he's like, oh, I bet you wake up happy when he, you murder somebody. He's like, I don't. I wake up with a smile. I love what I do. I wake up and I got two over easy eggs waiting for me: bacon, spinach, little fried baked, 
Dear penis, and that sets fucking oh, coal off. You can't do that. Dear penis is for spiritual people. It's not just for eating. You're not going to be waking up happy tomorrow, friend. All right. I don't know what's going on with the architecture of this fucking <laughs> build. Please, I don't know if Salvador please. Dali put this shit together. What the fuck is this? They're like in a room that's above the fucking uh, front uh, desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lobby area, if you will. So they're elevated. They're like, and there's a big, like, like smoked glass window overlooking into said lobby. Yes, that has a wrought iron fucking gate for some reason of like fence all around it. Yes, and there's wrought iron in front of this fucking smoked glass window for some reason. I guess it just looks great. It's just like Salvador Dali. He's he's surrealist. Yeah, that's right. Hurls him through the window. The the fucking wrought iron all of a sudden turns rubber. It's like the, it's like the fakest looking wrought iron. It's totally it like flapping. And then we just hear thud. And then we cut up to cut up to uh, Seagal, and we pull back. He's looking down. And remember, guys, this is a comedy. It's funny. It's funny that there's Donald is impaled through his chin <laughs> up into his brain. On the wrought iron fucking fence that's for some reason is inside a building. It was really funny. I really laughed at this one. Yeah, it was funny. And Jim shows up and he laughs too. Hey, you fucking murdered that guy. He didn't even say stick around. He didn't. How did he not have all? He's bombarding us with bad jokes. He didn't have a joke for this. One. Nothing. So we go back outside. Uh, you know, Jim has actually succumbed to a multitude of injuries, so he's being loaded into an ambulance and everything. Harris season shows up. He gives a half apology. Hey, sorry, I accused you of murdering your ex-wife. I should have noticed this Donald guy. His pews were all over the scene. Yeah, but I'm I'm still not going to apologize. Yeah. I just want to let you know I'm aware that I might have been wrong. This isn't a real apology. It's a fake apology. So Jim is just pointing out, you know what? My life was so good before. Now I'm homeless. I got internal injuries. I got shot. But don't worry. I went all the way through. I'm going to live. And then Cole just looks at him with a smirk and says, hey, yeah, but you got to taste powdered deer penis. Murray? Uh, <laughs> one? <laughs> you need those notes. What are you doing? Two? You're Tear right. Tear up my do. notes, you idiot. Three? Okay. Four, five, fucking Christ. Time. Give me the time. 2.27. All right, because I'm going to go on for a half hour about what we're going to be doing in October. So we're going to get that three hours. No, I'm not. But, all right, October. You know what happens in October on Golden Globus Theater. A little something we call Schlocktober. Where we put aside the... The action. Some of you guys disappear for a month. Yeah, you know what? We put. We're lustful motherfuckers. All but two months out of the year. Uh, out of the year. Yeah. We're lusting for the action. Yeah. But we have our black exploitation. Well, that's, which also kind of sates our needs. Yeah, that's action. Because well, they're usually. All, first of all, it's all kinds of action. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, it's a different genre of action. We, sometimes we need a break. We need a breather. We need to collect ourselves. We need to talk about another genre. And the perfect time would be in October, or should I say, October. We do horror. If you've been with us, this is our fifth annual October. This is five fucking years. Right. So it deserved a theme. And you know, Griff, 
I'm jaded. I've seen it all. I've been there. I've done that. So I had to pick something that's so weird. It's a genre that's so strange that it'll, it'll surprise me because these movies make absolutely no sense. And that's why I like it. We're entering into the world of Italian horror all month. Well, we're going to do a couple tippy taps that won't be Italian, but will fit in to the genre. Okay. So, Schlocktober, not only Schlocktober, it's Giallowin Griff, because we are going to be doing some Giallos. The whole month won't be Giallos, and I'll explain what a Giallo is when we get to Ooh. Schlocktober. Teeth. And we're going to be opening with a great tippy tap, by the way, too, which I, I think I alluded to in the beginning of the episode. So we're going to be having names like Argento, Fulci, Bava, Frank, Drew, White Ooh. from Mani Killer. Okay. We might, I'm, I'm, we're probably going to have a guest on that one. I'm working on it. You know our resident expert on Frank Drew White and Ginty. That's right. He, he will probably be showing up. I don't Excellent. know. First movie. We're starting out slow. This is a true giallo, by the way. Jello Buffra? Giallo, which I will explain next week. The world of dance, Griff, we know it's cutthroat. People are willing to kill to get in that next great dance thing. Center stage. No, it's all about being center stage. You don't want to be a backup dancer, Murray. You want to be right. center spotlight. This is a Fulci movie. I know everyone got, oh my God, they're going to do Zombie 2. The zombie with the shark? No. That's been done before. Yeah, it's been done. It's been there done. They're going to do it with the Beyond. No. We're going to do. We're gonna start you out slow with a little lesser known Fulci movie, but it's got a lot of tits in it. It's got a lot of 80s shit, which you know I have an 80s fetish. So they, I'm like, this is like porn to me, this movie. Are these tits too good to be real? There is a good pair in there. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of piercing of tits in this movie with really? murder weapons. Oh, okay. Close-ups. So if you're not going to enjoy it, listeners, I'm going to enjoy it. Because there's a lot of trashy 80s broads. with It's just fucking big hair and leg warmers, Griff, which is what I love. <laughs> so I'll be enjoying next week. Of course, it's called Murder Rock, a.k.a. Slashdance. Ooh, I like that name. Well, it came out a year after Flashdance because we were talking about trends that like are really huge. Flashdance was really big. Yeah. And we'll be talking about that as well. Interesting. So we're going to let you off the hook for now. I know you're tired of hearing us talk. Tune in. I can't wait. Make sure you listen to that tippy tap first before we get to fucking Murder Rock. It's going to be a good one. It's my, one of my favorites. You know, If you know me, you know who I'm talking about. See you for October, Halloween, and keep it warm. <laughs>